Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast, and today we have a bonus episode. I was recently on the Commissioner's Corner, and we basically just dove in to my basketball background, uh, my upbringing in Queensbridge, and what I'm doing with uh, 265 Media today. It was a really dope conversation, and big shout-outs to the Cruz Brothers, Joe and Randy, and shout-outs to my former teammate as well, Brian Gardenhire, a.k.a. BG. This is the Daniel Artest Podcast bonus edition with... The Commissioner's Corner. Welcome to a brand new Commissioner Corner podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Doug is seven foot. Where is he hiding? Where is he hiding? I never saw. I never saw him though. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. He's getting low. This is crazy. Because I feel like you birthed. You birthed the the, the tunnel photos. Yay! So he was on that. Gabby been with the from exclusive Nike designer. We ended up. We ended up going two green paint. A 15 win team led by Aaron Rodgers. Beat the brakes off of them. That game wasn't even close. That that never gets old. That never gets old. That's our new intro. I had to show Danny that intro because I got to kind of impress him tonight because this is my podcast partner. Uh, let me welcome everybody. Um, my partner in crime, Brian Gardenhire. Welcome to the Commissioner Corner, baby. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. It's, it's a beautiful day. You know what I mean? We, we got we got a legend on here, man. We got New York City Zone, South Carolina sure. resident now, Danny Artest, man. Um, just excited to talk some basketball and um to get into um the culture, man. As as we all talk about, you know, um he he's one of the original Golden Era babies, so it, it's good. It's good to it feels good, man. Energy is good tonight. No doubt. Well, well, before we get our special guest on, I want to let everybody know that's listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. We want to let you know that we would love to have your continued support in subscribing, commenting on our social media pages. You can find our podcast network on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and now on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash cruise control podcast. Without further ado, I want to introduce my friend and my comrade, Danny Artes, to the Commission Corner. How are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Thank you for having me on, man. Blessings. Blessings to everybody, man. Salute. You should look to you too, man. Uh, first of all, blessings to your family, yep. your brother and your kids and everybody during this pandemic. So uh, we salute you. So we just want to take some time to get to know you a little better, get the world to know what you're doing. Yes, uh, but before they know about the podcast, Danny Artest, I want them to know who you were back in the days. You know what I'm saying? So, a mean baller. That's right. So uh, BG, you got the honor to uh, have the first question on with Danny. Yes, sir. Um, Again, man, you have the commissioner's corner. We here with uh Danny. I tell Danny, man, talk talk to us, man. We want to know, right? Um, basketball, man. New York City is is the mecca, obviously, uh, of basketball. Um, but um, you know, you you were you were born into a dynamic, great family, um, with great lineage. Um, but when when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? When did you start playing it? Um, who who were some of your influences in basketball? And just talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, when, when you started falling in love with the game. 
right, so my my upbringing in basketball is a little different from everybody else's. You know, growing up in Queensbridge, my block, we didn't have a basketball court. We was one of we was one of two other blocks that didn't have a basketball court. So I learned how to play the game on a jungle gym and trash cans, man, for years before I actually stepped on a basketball court. Wow. You know, what I mean? it took me about like three years. So, um, as far as far as basketball, like like my, my brain was really different from everybody else's. You know what I mean? So I had to learn how to actually, you know, dribble the ball and everything before I could actually learn how to shoot on a rim. Like it took me a long time. You know what I mean? To play my first basketball game on an actual rim and everything. Um, as far as like my role models and my influences in basketball, it's, it's, a, it's a few. It's a, you know my, my my dad, of course, of course, you know my brother, uh, Kenny Ito. Um, my guy BJ, aka Kills from Queensbridge as well. Um, Manchild, um, you know, it's, it's a bunch of it's a, it's a lot of influences that helped me along the way. You know, like a, a Marvin Patterson, aka Black Rain, Troy Battle. You know, it's, it's just a lot of people. Reggie Jesse, just people that I just seen that that I, that I looked up to. You know, you know, growing up, just wanting to be like them and everything. And um, yeah, so it, it, it was my basketball thing. And Queensbridge was like, it, it was just so weird because like how I was able to translate from playing on a jungle gym to playing on a, in a, in a trash can to playing on a, on a rim, on a rim was actually, it was crazy. I'm a self-made basketball player. You know, now everybody know that I have, you know, my brother who's in the league and everything, but I rarely trained with him though. You know what I mean? Cause he's, you know, he's doing his own thing playing AAU. And so I wasn't, you know, I, it was always parallel. He wasn't home that much. So I learned how to play basketball on my own watching Hakeem Olajuwon's. It was a Hakeem Olajuwon highlight tape that came out in the early 90s. And I went to go study his um his footwork and I go outside and I practice it pretty much. So that that's like basically how, you know what I mean? I started playing basketball. Those are my influences. So so uh, roughly around what age you touched the basketball? I know you self-made, you said, and that's a great word. What age and how long, how long in length of years you started really taking this seriously for you? So I started playing basketball at the age of like 10 or 11. So I was really late. Um, the only okay. reason why I started playing because I was tall for my age. I was like, I was literally like 5'10 at that time. So, you know, they just wanted me to play basketball and stuff. They used to make fun of me because my feet was big and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, I was wearing a size 13, 14 when I was that age. So, you know, I just wanted to to impress the girls, I guess, and, you know, and get the bullies off of me because of, um, you know, my feet being so big and I'm, I, I, and I'm, I'm tall and stuff, you know what I mean? So just to get everybody off my back and on, and on my side, you know what I mean? That's I pretty much <laughs> why I wanted to, you know, play the game of basketball. It, it, it was fun. It was fun. Right. Growing up. It right. was fun growing up. It had some hard, some hardships as far as like, you know, dealing with um, a lot of people in Queensbridge and everything. But, you know, I think that, um, it, 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 um, I made something out of it. I'm the last professional basketball player in Queensbridge. So, <laughs> so with your brother uh, taking a different parallel lane, and you said, uh, "What were who were some of the people that took you out to to, to kind of get you into that basketball realm?" And also, who did you follow if your brother wasn't here? Respectfully, how uh, or who helped you along that way as well? Well, I just played ball with my friends. Um, George Jefferson, uh, rest in peace. My 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 best friend um, passed away. Um, at St. Peter's, actually played with um, Kiki Clark, um, and also my other my other friend, my brother uh, Sylvian Brown, you know from Queensbridge as well. I pretty much just just hoop with them, and my other one of my other friends, Jody Stewart. I hoop with him, 
one of the greatest point guards I play with. He just passed the ball, he'd never shoot, and 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 he just passes the ball all the time. So I just pretty much we just pretty much made a name for ourselves, you know, in Queens business just by playing a lot of three on three and four on fours and stuff. And so like once you know my name started getting out there, you know, I mean, it started getting a little buzz, and um, you know, it was fun. But you know, um, just just hanging out with the boys, man, just hooping with the guys. Sounds good. Yeah, B. Right. And um, this can help a lot of, I feel, the young kids coming up, right? You know, um, being that your brother um, ha- had a lot of success, um, you know, early and um, definitely took the strides to, to, to make his way to becoming a college collegiate basketball player and a pro. What, what Were there pressures on you um, from yourself or, or from outsiders to be just as good as your brother? Um, because, you know, a lot of kids, man, they deal with that, right? If they have a sibling or maybe if they had a father who played and was good, sometimes you have a lot of pressure um, to be to be just as good or better than, than your sibling or, or your father. Did you did you deal with that as a kid? Yeah. From my family, from my friends. Um, I dealt with a lot of pressure of, of, of wanting to to um, I had to make it. I felt like I had to make it, you know, and um, <clears throat> It drove it, it drove me, you know what I mean, to 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 really go hard and, and to make it to uh, to please everybody, to make everybody happy, you know. And then when it didn't happen, you know, it also drove me into a great depression and stuff, man. man. It, grew, mm. it, grew me, it grew me to actually resent my brother a little bit, you know, growing up because of how you know his road was 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 paved out for him and like the shadow I couldn't get out of. I mean, I was scoring sixty six points in the game in junior high school, you know what I mean, mm. and. Like nobody didn't care. I got in trouble coming in late at night. Had a fifty-eight point game in junior high school, but I came in the house late because the game was, you know, was far away. I get in trouble. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good too. It was really hard to get from to get from that shadow and stuff. And sometimes, like, I used to want, I used to wish that Ron would protect me and be like, you know, hey, this is he's doing his own thing. He's doing his own path. But it was never like that, man. You know, Ron, Ron really seen me play, and and um, people was like, yo, Ron's good. And Ron one day came in the house. Because in Queensbridge, I scored 50 points. Mind you, I'm the last person in Queensbridge to score to have a 50-point game inside of Queensbridge, too. You know what I mean? And right. so Ron, Ron came in. I was like, yo, Daniel, you can hoop? <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> he was like, yo, yeah. you can hoop? I was like, uh, yeah, I can hoop. What you mean? So, like, once he, once he, he seen that, I could hoop. And he, he started taking me, like, a little bit, a little serious and, and everything. Um, when they didn't really see me play as much because, you know, he's with Riverside Church at this time. So, you know, they always out and everything. But he started, he started like, reaching out more and, like, you know, trying trying to trying to work out with me. But, I, like I said, I was self-made. So I was I was rebelling at, at all, everything. All the time I was rebelling training with him because, like, I felt like, you know, um, my, 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 my game got me to where I'm at because of me, not because of you, mm-hmm. nobody else. <laughs> I didn't want nobody to um to step in and try to change it up. <laughs> well, I tell you this, um, I went to high school with your brother. You know that I went to LaSalle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you that I'm glad that we had this conversation because your personality, no disrespect to your brother, is night and day because you're like the most jolliest and <laughs> cheerful dude, and Ron is to himself and subdued and with all you know, with all that he's going through. So to, to kind of really put that uh, into perspective in terms of how you guys are brothers, like how me and my brother are, like we're just polar opposites at times, but it's a beautiful thing because when you, when you put it together, uh, it's family. You feel what I'm saying? So we're not, we're not, we're not all the same. Our personality is different. So I've always enjoyed your, your, your aura and your personality. That's not saying true. Ron don't have one. <laughs> That's funny that you say that because I like 
that with people I know. But normally, when there's people that I don't know, like I don't want nobody talking to me at all, man. I don't really like nobody talking to me. I don't want nobody touching me and stuff like you know. BG see me in action. I know BG got stories he could tell and everything, you know. Oh shoot, me, me and BG, we got stories. I used to come, you know, um, don't come to the gym and Smith and play and stuff, you know what I mean? But once I get to know you, then it's like, all right, cool. Once, once it's, it's like this: if we're playing basketball, once I get to know you, we cool. If you're my teammate and I'm standoffish, once you stand up to me, then we're Ultimately, too, because sometimes I have to see if I can trust them and stuff. Because I'm willing to go in the foxhole with, with with this basketball and stuff like that. Also, me being six four and playing powerful in the center, you know, what I mean, I'm willing to you know sacrifice everything to for 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 my team, for my brothers, and everything like that. So, um, you know, once once I test you and you stand up, then we we we're good. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, and I seen that at, at uh, I don't remember what day this was, but I remember the EBC one time. And I know we're going we're, we're jumping all the place, but I remember this time I went to EBC and I and you you, you was playing, and it, I think it was it was with your brother, and I, I'm in the stands, you know I'm in the stands, I'm hearing oh you're here good as a brother, yeah. I remember one time you you hit somebody with an elbow or got a rebound, you did some box out shit, and I remember you, and something happened and then one of your teammates came at you, <laughs> and I don't know what you said, you said something like yo don't talk to me man we gonna get this double knot and I'm like. And that he just conformed. He just said, "All right, I'm with you." After the game, I seen y'all, I seen y'all both walk out the park like y'all best friends. I'm like, "Yo, that was crazy." I, I don't think they know each other. So, the foxhole you're mentioning is exactly what I seen you in terms of. I didn't know you like now. I know you now. Like I always seen you as someone who's intimidating, somebody who's a you know uh, my block, somebody who's a protector. But when you said you challenged somebody, I seen that firsthand, and that can work for you, and that can work against you. Especially yeah. your teammates, and well, I think you won that game, and it was a match made in heaven. It don't it don't work against me because then you know what I mean I, I don't I don't I don't I just won't deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Like where we come from, you know, I mean, we all come from the industry <clears throat> stuff, and with this basketball and everything, especially me. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I gotta I got I gotta play good because of my last name. You know what I'm saying? When people say that, oh damn, you're not that good. I have to prove myself every time. You know how hard that is to always be on point. Like For sure. I don't know. I, I be telling people all the time because, because like I I, pr- I I promote myself. I pat myself on the back. I give my. I'm a, I'm really confident in myself, and I right. can I can honestly say that anybody that ever played against me, like or see me play against somebody, like who really who who you ever seen get the best of me on a basketball court, you can no matter how many times you see me play, you can't you can't really say that. You know what I'm saying? So I I had to play like that because I didn't want to get laughed at in, in Queensbridge. I didn't want to get laughed at at Rucker Park, especially Rucker Park. Like that was like, you know, the, the toughest games and everything. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I sure, had to make sure. sure that I was on point. <clears throat> Sometimes I didn't want to be on point. Sometimes I wanted to, t- to, to step back and not do nothing and, 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 and um you know, and just and just play the game, you know, regular way. But it was always this, you know, run our test this, run our test brother that. And, you know what I mean? Right. You're not going to do this. You're not going to measure up to that. Hearing it from, you know, um, people in Queensbridge, hearing it from my own family and stuff, you know, like I had right. to make it, you know, so it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough always, you know, just, just being on point. And so I never had a time until I stopped playing basketball where I can just be like, I could just be Daniel. And that just was yeah. like 2017. So like, it, it's, it's been really nice just, just being able to just, to just be me. <laughs> finally. That's dope. That's dope. Then I appreciate you sharing that, man. That's a, uh, that's good for our youth and our fans to hear that because me and BG, we're not as, we're not, professional athletes like you and your brother, but we had the same expectation when we walk in the city in terms of tournaments and how we conduct ourselves. So I understand mm-hmm. the pressure it comes, especially with my dad's reputation and running tournaments. 
it's just a lot, and I and I appreciate you sharing that because. Um, oh, and, let me, and let, let me let me before we go. Now remember, I was supposed to play in your tournament, but I didn't. Right. So what happened was, I want to get this out the way because we never really <coughs> talked about it, and I want to apologize. But what happened was nobody wanted to play. So it's too hot. I, no, I don't know. Remember, I never, okay. I never even played in your tournament. I never yeah, even, yeah. Up, I don't even know where Orchard Beach is. So I want to actually extend, uh, uh, and I'm sorry and stuff like that. You know, what I'm saying that uh, we couldn't make that work. Too. And I wanted to, um, you know, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't like that sitting with me. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't apologize. We should because it was so last minute. It was like literally like two days before everything started and everything. Yeah. So it was, that was actually like my bad. But nobody wanted to play. Like. But it even happened with me and Gersh. I mean, with, with BG's league, nobody yeah. wasn't coming to play. And I and I and I actually I actually paid BG. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? I was just like, man, it was just, that was a way that was a a learning experience. <laughs> I, I hear you. Well, listen, man. Uh, apology accepted. We all grown, and I appreciate that, my guy. And yes, sir. Uh, and I'm glad we we touched on that. So we're gonna go. I know BG has some questions on you to, to further. <clears throat> nah, for sure. I mean, um, Danny, man, like like I like you said, man. I mean, I think. For people that don't know Daniel, you know, um, he's the ultimate competitor. You know what I mean? And um, sure. I think that's why he always, if you watch him play, um, and even now with his, with his podcast, man, he's 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 competitive, man. He want he wants to be the best. You know what I'm saying? And I think this generation now um, is so soft, you know, that um, they they so they're so used to being content with just mediocrity or just being okay, you know. And 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 that's why he went out there and played like that. So I. I just wanted to, you know, add on that to, to his to his personality. That's kind of that's kind of the ultimate competitor he was. But Danny, um, talk us a little bit about now transitioning to high school. Mm -hmm. Um, where where did you go to high school at? And what again, you know, being a being a younger brother of, of Ronald Tess, were there any pressures for you to uh to go to LaSalle or to to follow kind of the same path that Ron went to? Um, so talk us a little bit about the the decision to go into your high school. And then kind of how your high school career played out. Okay. We'll start from the beginning. Um, when I got out of junior high school, like I was actually forced to go to LaSalle. I didn't want to go to LaSalle <laughs> at all. There you go. I wanted to go because the thing was, it was me, my friend George Jefferson, rest in peace, John Hemingway. We was all going to go to Long Island City High School. You know what I'm saying? And, and do something there. Because remember, Long Island City was good. They went to the Garden one year in, uh, for the B Division the year before. And the same year, Ron and LaSalle won a champ the city championship and stuff. So we was literally going to, you know, going to, um, you know, going to do that. All our Queensbridge friends going to playing in the garden, you know. And so I was forced to, to go to LRC. My dad, you know, my dad was this big, hulking, intimidating guy. And he used to beat my ass, man, when I used to rebel. It's like not going to Riverside Church's practices and stuff. Like, so when I got to LaSalle, I didn't want to be there. So, like, um, I set the tone real quick. I didn't want to be there getting in trouble on purpose, just doing crazy things, cursing at the, just un, un, just crazy things, man, that I, I didn't want to be there. So I did what I had to do to get kicked out, and I got kicked out. And um, then I ended up going to Long Island City, but then my grades wasn't on point. Um, it was just a whole spiral because I, I never played basketball in high school, and I, I couldn't even, I never even tried out for anything. So, like, I went to, um, for the second semester of my freshman year, I went to LIC, then I left LIC, then I went to Edison for a whole year, because my father, high school coach from Long Island City, moved to went to Edison and stuff, so I was there. Didn't get eligible there. wasn't going to school there. Then I went back to LIC for my junior year. Um, you know what I mean for the full junior year, but it just wasn't working out. And then my senior year, that's when Ron got drafted into the league, and um, we ended up going to uh, Deerfield, Illinois. 
I don't want to deal for high school for that. But my high school basketball career is just mainly AAU. That's all it is, pretty much. Because I didn't like, like I said, I never played. So, but you always catch me at, at ISA. You playing? I'm playing in the Mayor's Cup or whatever. You know, you always catch me in, in random different tournaments. You know, or you, you know, just going to Smith playing with BG and stuff like that. So I had to still catch rec and stuff. So, um, like. One one time, like a, a good high point in my my AAU career, like I went up against a kid named uh, Jermaine Bell, about six ten, six eleven, could shoot the ball really well. And uh, we both went at each other. He gave me thirty in the first half. I gave him thirty eight in the second half, and we both ended up with forty two each. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Pennsylvania. Another one was IS eight. Um, when um I was in Chicago, and then um I got word from my coach Doug Jones that um because I used to play the ball with Lenny Cook when we was all Wolfpack together, okay. but. Yeah. We stopped. We stopped because we went to New Orleans and we got caught up in some racist stuff and it just got crazy. So we we ended up leaving um, Wolfpack and um, me and Doug. We went back to you know forming Elmcore and stuff. You mm -hmm. know so we took all the Elmcore players back and then um, kind of like Lenny kind of like called me out. I took the bus from Chicago to New York and you know what I mean. I stayed in a hotel in Times Square. You know what I mean for the entire time just to play against Lenny Cook. You know what I'm saying. And we we went up, we went at it in IS8. Um, I played first. We play, I had to get eligible. So I had to play one regular season game. So we had to go up against some team from Long Island. They had my man um Amadou. I know you remember Amadou BG. So I had to I had to destroy him real quick. You know what I mean? Like it was nothing. Then the game was really tough. But the night before, like I was scared of Lenny because Lenny's so good, He's number one player in the nation at the time. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we we I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna go up against this dude and stuff. They got Lenny, they got Gary Irvin, you know what I mean, on the same team and stuff. So it was just like, I was just like, damn, I got to come up with something. So, but I always knew that Lenny always complimented my, my ex-girl at the time and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just did the whole Jordan thing and and, and, and um Shaq thing and made up a story like, yeah, he was trying to talk to my girl. Then I got mad that I had brought that energy. I had one of the best games against against Lenny, right? So like, I think I had about like, I think I had like 20, 29 and 24 rebounds or damn. something like that. You know, and um, it was just like it was just like that. But I wasn't the star of that game. Actually, Senyata Gaines, you know, was the star of the game. He had he had thirty seven against Gary Irvin. It was really, and we got the win. And then um, we started getting more wins. We ended up um, like beating Sebastian Telfair in them too. We went to the um to the finals of ISA against um the Long Island Panthers. They had Jason Frazier and Curtis Sumter or Brooklyn USA. One of the I think yeah, yeah, Long yeah. Island Panthers, whatever. Then we lost to them in the championship by like six points and stuff. But I pretty much made a name for myself to the point where um when um Nate Blue did the rankings for the high school seniors, I was ranked number two in the state behind Julius Hodge. So to not play basketball in high school to being ranked number two in the state behind Julius Hodge was 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 dope. So like you know like kudos to me on that right there that you Hell know yeah. I, mean, I had a nice Hell little yeah. run. <laughs> hey hey we dropped gems on the commissioner corner that's a, definitely a gem. Before I let before I let BG follow up I know we got our Facebook friends uh, interactive. Uh, our boy Kevin uh, Drahan uh, said play with Danny back in the day with uh, G Jeff and Doug out in Queens. Danny uh, is a warrior. Daniel is a warrior man. My guy right there. So Who said definitely that? got Kevin uh Kev. Uh last name is I don't want to say it, let's spell it out, but Drahan. Sorry, sorry. So what's going on, Kev? Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, for real. That was my dog right there, man. That's yeah, dope. So, <laughs> so that's, that was Kev. So I'm 
So I just want to give you some love on that, Gabby. Nah, shout out to Kev, man. Kev is a dope agent now. Helping yeah. out guys. What's up, Kev? Sorry about the last name, Kev. My bad. My bad. Nah, all love, man. But nah, that, that's that's crazy, man. And, and, and again, man, like, I, I have the race with Danny, so I, I know, like, Danny always played with a chip on his shoulder. You know what I mean? And and he always played like he had something to prove. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think, like, a lot of and he, guys, and he was always hype. He was always hype. Always hype. Odd reason, always like I think he's Red Bull before Red Bull. He was like, "Yo, what's up, man? I'm ready to go. Like, let's go." Right. <laughs> right, right. BG's I a mean, part of the chip on the shoulder, though. We got a story with BG. BG's a definitely a part of the chip on the shoulder. So we oh, used to go. We used to go to Smith's, right? And we, yo, we used to go. Now this was the BG had the open runs popping. This was this was before the open runs got popping. You know what okay. I'm saying? So I okay. Like I'm the beginning of BG everything. I think I played in the first ever game for um LES for LES. You know what I'm saying? So, but BG, yo, this would mean, but me and BG know each other throughout the series. I'm um, throughout the city, um, playing basketball against each other. You know what I mean? We never played with each other at all. You know what I mean? But, right. but we used to go to the gym. I have my friend, um, LeBron. His name is Jamel, but we call him LeBron and stuff. Um, shout outs to him. He used to bring me to Smiths all the time. And then BG would get to talking. You know, BG doing his thing, get to talking. So I'm getting to talking and stuff too as well. And then they used to bring, BG used to bring big man after big man after big man after big man after big man. And I'm going to let BG finish because I don't want to talk for myself on that one. What happened, BG? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, every, come clean, BG. Come clean. Every week he would destroy the big. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, man. It was bad. I, know, I, wasn't, I wasn't guarding him. I wasn't guarding him. I'm just saying you can. I'm just saying you can't even make a better excuse than that. You just say, "Yo, my man got fried." I, yeah, ain't, listen, I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, listen, I, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Yo, Danny would destroy Facts. the big, and, and it was crazy because, like, that was my gym. So it was like I wasn't trying to lose no games. You know what I mean? So I was coming sure. in open gym. You come with the five, a stack. You know what I'm saying? But then, yo, again, like I said, man, like Danny would come in there and it just be like, yo. I'm the best in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you had to respect that, man. And I think, like I said, basketball like basketball is not like that in New York no more. And um, we, we got to get back to, to that yeah. uh, as far as being competitive because we would talk. I mean, me and Danny would be cursing each other out on the court, literally. And after the game, we'll get pizza. Yeah, after exactly. the game, we'll get pizza and, and chill and, and laugh. So it was like, that's that's where we got to get back to, oh, man. Gosh, man. But, yeah. um, but Danny, man, I wanted to talk to you about your um transitioning into going to um to Westchester, you know what I mean? I don't know if that was the first juco you went to. That was the second one. That was the second one, right? So, yeah. so give us give us the um the backstory on on your college career. Um um where, where, where did you start at? And, and I mean you were a Westchester alum like myself, so we, we have a lot of love there, a lot of stories. Rest in peace, Coach Nicholas. But um mm -hmm. give give us give us some history about your college career and um and how that went because I, I think I think that went really well for you. The games you played. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it's funny that you brought up the whole, um, you know, having a chip on my shoulder, like, and you helped me with that because, like, when I went to college, I actually went to college in Las Vegas for my freshman year. Um, So what happened was my ex-girl at the time, the one I told you about with the Lenny Cook story, my ex-girl at the time, her mom's first cousin was married to Layla Ali. You know what I'm saying? So when I got out, they see me play all the time. They heard about me. But they knew I was also struggling, you know what I mean? Just, you know, being a knucklehead, not, not going to school and stuff. But it was like, hey, what, what do you want to do? I, was like, I just want to get my GED and play college basketball. You know what I mean? Like, mm. ever since that ISA game, it gave me some great momentum. Now, junior college doors is knocking on the door and everything and trying to recruit me. And stuff. I was getting recruited by everybody, but I didn't want to be in New York no more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting out of New York. I didn't want to go to Monroe. 
I didn't want to go to Westchester. I didn't want to go to Globe. I didn't want to go to nowhere, not Sullivan, nowhere. I wanted to get out. So they were like, well, you know, come stay with us in Vegas. So I used to live with Layla Ali in Las Vegas. <laughs> I was living, yep, I lived them for like a year and a half. And then they got me my own crib. <laughs> the statute of limitations is over, but yeah, <laughs> I was in a house and everything, man. Got to meet the champ. And uh, you know what I'm saying? So that was actually really special. And then um, I, I came back. I was playing in Rucker. This was the um the year we won the championship when I was playing with Cash Money and everything. So um, I was getting recruited by Jerry Tarkanian, right? And I'm like, I'm UNLV, Jerry Tark Tarkanian. But my grades wasn't right. So what happened was his son coaches junior college. So this is what he did. You know what I mean? He introduced me to his son. And then um, I remember his son came to EBC to watch me play. And he was actually there to recruit somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So what happened was I had the best game in EBC in my entire EBC career. You know, I, mean? I had the best game. We went up against um, it was it was me and um I went up against Ali. Most before me and Ali Mo rest in peace linked up together. He was playing with a team called um J Records. And we were and and um like I had I had a monster game where I just dominated and then like coach, you know, took me and my dad out to dinner. And then um, he signed me, signed me on the spot. And then I ended up going to Vegas. Now, the school in Vegas, um, it didn't start for like 18 months or whatever. So it was a brand new basketball program, a brand new junior college, a brand new basketball program. So I went out there to train and I went out there to train. And I was training out there. And um, at first I didn't like it. So I was like, I was like, damn, you know, you know, you get that homesick. I'm young, I'm getting homesick now. And so. I didn't want to be there. So I was like really just lollygagging in practice, not, not going hard and stuff like that. And then, you know what I mean? Um, once it was like, well, Daniel, you know, we're not going to bring you back. You know, we're not going to bring you back. And so, um, you know, hey, might as well just enjoy this last week. You're not coming back. And I was just like, damn. So I kind of figured out like, oh, you know what? This week I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can. And I'm going to go at 100%. I'm not going at 60% no more. And then I just dominated the entire last week. And they, they was bringing in and they had they had a dude named Jason Carter, 6'10 big man that played at Colorado. He's from Vegas. He was trying to go there and stuff, sent him packing. They had a McDonald's All-American named Julian Sinsley from Hawaii and stuff. Was supposed to go to the league, sent his ass packing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, I was thinking about that 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 last week when it was bringing these different people in. You know what I mean? I was thinking back with, with BG and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking, I was thinking back, like you know, when we used to have our battles and stuff, and um, I was just like, "Hey, no, it's like no big man ain't gonna guard me and stuff." Now they was begging me to come back, right? So we go home for the summer. They begging me. They watch me play everywhere. You know what I mean? Coaches come in and stuff because they didn't know if I was coming back or not. But I'm like, "Yo, I'm coming back." Like, go, go do your thing. <laughs> I assured them I was coming back, right? So they called me on a Friday, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there on Monday." I was like, "I'm paying my own way because I don't like to fly. I like to take the train." So, you know, you get me on Amtrak, I'm I'm good. And so um, I was like, yeah, I'll see y'all on Monday. I'll be there. You know what I mean? I'll be there for the start of school. Monday morning, I was in Marshalltown, Iowa, at Marshalltown Community College, y'all. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so this is what happened. Because this is all freshman year now. Because this, oh, this is all freshman year. So... So what happened was I get to Marshalltown. I'm I'm doing my thing there, you know, in practice before the season. So I'm doing my thing. And so um So what happened to the team that you assured? What they tell you on Monday when they called you and oh they oh, oh he was coming on campus. I had I had no phone, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I had no phone. So what happened when I get to Marshalltown, I get to Marshalltown and I was actually I actually liked it, you know what I'm saying? But then I got I got caught up. Um somebody was going through my stuff and we got into a fight, and then you know what I mean. Um 
something involving a knife happened and I get kicked. I didn't get kicked out of school. Coach was like, yo, Daniel, they call the cops on you. So I'm going to get you out of here. So he drove me to Des Moines to the bus station and got me out of there, yo. Like, really salute that coach. Um, I mean, for, for doing that, because I could have got in some serious trouble. So I go hide in Indiana. Now, I'm in Indiana, right? This is a long story. I'm in Indiana. I'm hiding out for like for like three weeks. At, at, um, now, hold on. This was after I, I was hiding out in Indiana for three weeks. Nobody knew where I was at. But I was I was in an undisclosed location and stuff. So <laughs> they're like, yo, you got to go home, yo. <laughs> or you got to go back to school. Like, you just here, just not doing nothing. Like, what are you what are you doing? You know, I was just like, yeah, you're right. So um, I called my brother. And I was like, yo, Ron, I've been in Indiana all this time. Yo, can I come to the crib and stuff? He was like, yo, where, where the hell was you? Everybody, nobody knew I was. My mom, my dad, nobody knew. Mind you, this is no social media era. So, you know, post nothing and anything. This is this is when Facebook, you only had to be in college to have a Facebook. I'm talking about going far back this far. Wow. You wow. know? Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> nobody, nobody knew who I was. So I go to, um, I go, I finally go to the crib and stuff. And then they, the whole family is just on my case. And you always doing this, you, you always effing up and then going crazy and stuff. So, um, I called my, my, my teammate in Vegas. His name is uh, D Rice. And, um, I was like, yo, ex coach, can I come back and stuff? And then, um, he called me right back. Like five minutes later, he's like, yo, you good. Come on right back. And so I got on a plane, went to Vegas and then I had to sit out the whole first semester because I'm transferring now. Got my GED in Vegas as well. I was able to do one half in Iowa. And the second half, I got my GED. I'm actually eligible to play for the first time in my freaking basketball life. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. So I got that together. So um, I was just practicing, practicing, you know, doing with, you know, you know, just playing with that chip on my shoulder because I'm just practicing. I'm not playing in no games. You know, I mean, I'm out the whole first semester. So I'm just dominating practice, like just dominating practice. And so... When I finally got the chance to play, when I finally got cleared to play that second semester, like I just came out like like a monster. First game, twenty two and nine. You know what I mean? Um, just 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 dominating. Shoot, I shot I think I was eleven for fifteen. I ain't shoot no free throws. And you know what I mean? My my parents, everybody came to see me play. They was proud of me. And then I got the I played against some good teams that year. Um, Dixie State University. We beat them. They was the defending champions that year. They came to our house. We beat them. They had uh, Marcus Banks. NBA mm. Marcus Banks. Banks. Yep, yep, you yep. Know, um, also got to go up against Utah Valley State. They were a junior, they're a D1 now, but they used to be a junior college. They had Ronnie Price, you yep. know what I mean, on that team. So I had to go, I went to go up against him. Um, I went up against like Snow College. They had Jackson Vroman. Rest in peace to him. He actually played with the Phoenix Suns for a couple years. He was in the league. Mm. So that that conference was the I'm sorry, that conference and that Westchester conference. And now when we, you know, before I go, you'll understand why I had so much success at Westchester, Brian, because the schools I was playing against, Dixie State defending champs, um, Snow College, Utah Valley, Salt Lake City Community College, all the top schools in the nation was in one conference. They had 16 teams, seven of them was in the top 25. I didn't, wow. even, mention, I didn't even mention the big dogs, though, um, College of Southern Idaho. You know what I mean? They was in that conference, too. I know you played against them the year before I did, before I got to Westchester, and then you went up there. <clears throat> For their tournament, BG. So college on Idaho, they had Yakuba Dewara. If you remember him, he played in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Remember the, other, the big man that played with Carmelo Anthony in high school that was supposed to go to the league, Sonny Abraham. Yep, Sonny Abraham. You know? Sonny Abraham yep. went up against them. First game, I had I had I had 24 and 7 against them, shot 10 for 12, busting his ass. Then Yakuba, second game, 19 and 19. You know what I mean? Like just, just destroying them. Like it's just it's just crazy. So um after I averaged about 15.8 rebounds my freshman year, my freshman year of college, but then they just disbanded the program. The school shut it all down. That's why I had to transfer. I went to um 
I went to the College of Southern Idaho for summer school. So this is funny. So during that last game at the College of Southern Idaho, we already knew what the school situation was, right? So I was recruiting Southern Idaho during the game. I was like, listen, coach, literally, listen, coach, I'm going to bust your ass today, but I want to come to your school because you know my school situation. Can this be Can this be the interview? I literally asked him that during the game. I was talking with Yakuba Duara literally on the side of me. Like, he cannot guard me. Watch this. And I ended up at Southern Idaho, you know what I mean, for, for, um, for summer school and stuff. And then um, and then I got a call from Doug, and um, I spoke to Coach Payne. And then Coach Payne, I don't know how he did it, Coach Ty. Coach Payne, they 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 convinced me to go to Westchester and stuff. He's like, yo, come on back home and stuff. So I ended up coming back home. And then so, um, you know, I was, I was still I was eligible to play at the beginning of the season finally. So <laughs> I just I just came out, I just came out balling out. You know what I'm saying? My first game was against another ex-NBA player named Justin Williams. He played in the he played in Sacramento with my brother, big man. He played at Kobe Community College. So our first game was in this Wyoming tournament. And he was going to the University of Wyoming. He already signed. So they had the whole school, all the food, the boosters there. And Casper Wyoming to see him play. And at the end of the game, at 25 and 19, my first game at Westchester. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was just going up, going up, going up. I just felt like the conference was too easy because I think Globe, <laughs> Westchester, and Monroe was the only Division One colleges that was there. Yep. So um, going up against hostess, I had like 35 and 24 against hostess college, and I didn't feel like I was getting better, even in practice. You know what I mean? I felt like right. I was getting better and stuff. I think the best game I had in the Westchester gym was against the the, the team that was there before us. <laughs> we had a nice game. Shout out to Anthony Layler and stuff. Tone, big tone. You know what I'm saying? So um, I didn't want to be at Westchester no more because we're going to segue into the pro career, right? I'm going to tell you how. I got there before we segue into that. So during the um the break, I went I went to go play. I went to go to Germany to watch my friend play and stuff. And I was just practicing with the team, just staying in shape, ready to come back for the second semester. But I was dominating those pros. And then they threw a bag at me and I took it. I called Westchester, like, I ain't coming back. I'm staying. And that's how everything started for me in my pro career. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Before we get into that, a lot to dissect. I want to give a shout out to All Things Loops. My man, Kyle. Checking on Kyle to check in. Appreciate crew control. Thank you. Appreciate that. Danny, what the hell was that story? Holy <laughs> shit. Amazing. 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 And that just tells you in the pre-social media era, you if you grind and, and you believe in what in your in your worth, you believe in yourself, you Put all your energy into yourself. Um, that's my new model. I put into yourself and you get the results. And I think that that's a story for all our youth, even our mm-hmm. eight years as adults. Like yeah. when you don't like something, you don't stick with it. When you when you feel something, you believe in yourself to, you know, to the point where nobody can convince you. And then you then you get convinced with the bag without getting getting these high school and college letters and it's 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 a it's an amazing story. And I think that it wasn't handing out six figures in Germany at all at that time. So still, I, they gave me, they gave, me the, they gave me six figures. I had to take it, yo. <laughs> no, but this is my thing. Like you, you went there to just work out and get in shape and bust the ass. And you, that's be, that was that was your norm. If you if if you hear the story, that was your norm. You go somewhere, you bust the ass. You go somewhere, you kill. You work, you work behind, you hide, work, kill, 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 boom. So that's yeah. that's the story. So every kid watching this, every adult, whatever, if you don't have a a career in basketball or school, and that's not the lane or your niche, it's okay. But you got to continue to grind and, and, and achieve these goals that you want because your story is your story is incredible. 
And, and the funny thing about all of that too, I had a I had a I had a D1 scholarship to go to Lamar University. Yep. You know, I got my Lamar University scholarship playing playing and um when we was working out in Southern Idaho in summer school. They 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 see me play in summer school, just, just run up and down in the pickup. And the coach stopped the game, pulled me to the side. Billy Tubbs, this is Billy Tubbs, the great Billy Tubbs, and gave me a scholarship on the spot. I go visit Lamar and everything. I didn't like it or whatever because of um it was near that city called Jasper, Texas. So all of the white teammates took me to, to, to Jasper, Texas, where that guy got dragged at and left me there, took off in the car and left me there. So I like I was I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why they did that, because, you know, when you go into college workouts, you play against the team and stuff. Right. And you know what I mean? Shit happened there. And I told one of the players, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take your spot next year. I told him that. I'm like, you? They best player? I'm taking your spot, man. This spot is mine. And so that's what happened and stuff. You know what I mean? So get back. I just want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a couple of people checking in. We got off the glass. I mean, the the off the glass. You see me? My man, D.A., shout out to 265 Media. Yeah, that's my dog. That's my that's my dog. Exactly. Right there. He's with 265 Media. His show is on there. Um, we play pro. We play pro together and stuff. That's you got my Ashley name. L. Grisby. Write the book. One hundred, Danny. Yeah. I'm actually I'm writing a book. Actually, I've been I've been working on it and stuff. I got it's going it's going to be nice. And um, shout outs to uh, women watching sports too. That's Ashley right there. Shout outs to them, man. Ashley, shout outs. We're gonna get Ashley on the show one day off the glass. We're gonna collaborate. Hopefully. We got our man DA on the, on, on the Commissioner Corner podcast. For the ones who's viewing, if you have not subscribed yet or commented or leave a note for us, please hit us up at youtube.com slash cruise control podcast. Uh, also, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple. Um, so now you're in Germany. You killed the opposition. You're staying in another country. You're not hiding. You got the bag. So yeah. Tell us about overseas and how that, that pro-life is different from what you experienced getting to that level. Um, so the team that I was on in, in Germany, it was called the Zalui Royals. Um, they started out pretty good, but now they 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 got they they bounced back. They're not even as good no more. They they actually left the division they was in. They moved down. So I get there. I'm I'm just in supreme shape. So mind you, like see a lot of people, BG Joe, y'all know me since I was younger. So y'all know the skinny, slim me. So they don't. A lot of people see me now. You know what I mean as my size now, and they think that you know I wasn't athletic or anything like that but they don't know like how i used to just like dunk everything you know what i'm saying a lot of people don't know that <laughs> so yeah like in germany germany was 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 good you know like you know i'm a rebounder you know what i mean at first at heart i'm a rebound i love to rebound you know what i mean so like um like it was games in germany where i was having 30 rebounds and stuff 25 27 rebounds and stuff like that you know what i mean so Overseas back then, you know, they had that that stigma where they wasn't physical, and they actually wasn't at that time. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to use that to my advantage and just and just grab every single rebound and everything. And then, um, you know, Germany, it, it was fun. It was fun. I was there. We was balling. I enjoyed it. And um, what what helped me? I didn't get homesick like that because my younger brother was in college in London at the time. So he used to just take the Eurostar train and then come see me. All the time, so you know what I mean. So I had to have that, to have that family dynamic over there. That was actually really, that was actually really cool and stuff. So, so Germany, Germany was dope, man. It was, it was fun just being like the the um, the center of attention and stuff. And I got a story about Germany too. Shout outs to the great Tommy Eddie. You know, Ooh, what I mean? Tommy yeah. Eddie, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Gunn. Now Tommy was playing in Luxembourg at the time, so we played in a tournament. We played against each other, right? 
Mm-hmm. Man, Tommy got me in foul trouble in the first half. He was busting my ass. I ain't going to even lie. You know what I'm saying? He was busting my ass, right? I'm just like, God damn. And then the coach, my own coach, was like, that's the guy that we wanted. He didn't want to come, so we got you. Tommy was talking to the coach. Tommy knew the coach. He was talking to the coach. I'm on the bench in foul trouble. I'm like, yo, how the hell am I going to fix this, yo? Because Tommy cannot go back to Brooklyn talking shit about me. I'm mean, talking mess about me. I'm just like, I'm just like, all right, so I just go, I just go out, and then like you know, what I mean, I, I got him in the second half. We end up winning the game and stuff, and then we was just, we was just friends. That was the time we both, we both had like thirty plus. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that was the game right there, like you know, playing against Tommy in New York. I mean, in in, in Luxembourg, and you know, Tommy, one he's one of the toughest players I say I ever went up against because of his size and his his dribbling ability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a legit six seven, six eight, two hundred and sixty-five pound or seventy pound guard to shoot, to dribble, to pass, to post, to do it all. You know what I'm saying? And then you know Tommy, Tommy, you know what I mean? He's a, he's he's one of the one of the best. Ain't from Brooklyn, he don't take no mess too. And you know, one of the dudes that had no back down on him as well. So it was fun going up against Tommy, man. You know what I mean? That, he got me in that first half, and he, and you know what I mean? Like, like, like that meme, you know, he, they almost had us in the first half and stuff. But I was able to get him back in the second half. So that was fun. And, you know, we laugh about that game to this day, man. That's my dog right there. So Crazy. You know, that was that was one of the, that was like one of the best games I played because I had to show up now. I was like, all right, now it's like we got to go. I got a heavy hitter on the side, on, on the other side of the court. Let's go. You know what I mean? So that, that was actually pretty fun. So, so Danny, uh, when you're in Germany and, and you 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 riding a wave, how how long did you stay in Germany, or did you start moving around, or did you start did you get settled in Germany and kind of like how how was that how was after Germany how was that flow for you in your career? I wanted to stay I wanted to stay in Germany, but then I ended up. Um, <laughs> this is funny because my brother started rapping, right? <laughs> so he started rapping with these people from Greece and stuff. Uh, and Greece, they don't call it rap; they call it low bop, right? So apparently, like you know, the producer was connected to the Olympiacos. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they was like, well, you know, we see what you're doing and stuff. And so you want to try out for the team or whatever? I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know me, I do it. It was whatever, you know. So I, I go, I, I was in Greece for a little bit, you know. What I mean, just you know, trying to make this team. It was really hard because you know, they Euro League is that's basically like you know, the NBA level and stuff, and it goes to show like the levels and stuff, like right. when you're trying to when you're trying to chase this dream. Like it ain't no joke, you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's hard. So, yeah, yeah. There's a many of the players that play pro in Europe. There's a lot of players, but it ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I was really trying to break in on that Olympiaco team and stuff. So I was there. I was there training. So I actually left um that team in Germany to go. Actually, I wanted to step up. You know what I mean? I wanted to move up and I wanted to play against the best because I just felt like the numbers I was putting up. I'm like maybe you know what I mean this league might be a little bit too easy or right. whatever. So let me go. Let me let me really test myself out. You know what I mean. So I go there and I was just you know trying out, working out with the team. It it, it didn't work out. So I came I came back to the states for a little bit and um you know just um playing um the ABA back when they was paying people and stuff. So that you know when ABA was actually a league and stuff. So you know what I mean I was I was playing in the United States for a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Ended up going to play in this other league called the Premier Basketball League or PBL. And um, that league was really good too. They they paid very well. They was actually doing what the D, the NBA G League is doing now with the NBA. They actually had teams affiliated with the G League stuff. So basically, it was the NBA, the G League, and then the PBL. Like right. so, Grand Rapids. Um, that Grand Rapids team was actually a PBL team. Mm. I mean, Sioux Falls 
the Sioux Falls gotcha. was actually yep. a PBL team and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was it was actually like that. You know what I mean? That league was tough. Had a lot of great players in it. Um, it was it was fun. It was fun. But you know, also you know the ABA was fun too as well. I had the pleasure of playing against um Armand Gilliam before he passed away. And stuff gave him 27. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they call him the hammer. No, they call the hammer. him the hammer for a reason, though. He fouls very hard. <laughs> you know what I'm he was like called young fella this or whatever. Like I was like, that was a strong ass dude, man. And I always enjoyed him when he played in on, on the net. So I was like really like, you know, I was really cool to go up against him and That's everything. Funny. But um you know, then like you know, once I, I, I left the Greece, then I really lost like a lot of motivation to play. You know what I'm saying? The game and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was still playing, but the love wasn't there no more, man. You know? Right. And, right. Um, but I still had opportunities and stuff. You know what I mean? So I was still taking them, but I, I wasn't I wasn't mentally in the space and stuff. Even with playing in the NBA Summer League and everything, I just wasn't in the in the mental space. So that's a whole different story in itself, man. You know what I mean? Like that that week was it was just it was just it was, it was crazy, man. <laughs> So be, uh, before I pass it to B, uh, a couple of people on the check-in. You got Adrian Walton, a butt on the check-in, said, what up? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Al Mosley, A.K. Hev from TMP. He said, Big Danny, what's good, baby? Yo. Um, Nigel Byham, great story. Oh, and B, and the one and only Rashad Bell is watching. So I just wanted to say what's up. So Rashad King Bell is watching. King Bell, what's good, baby? Um, All right, yo, me, yo, Rashad, what's up, bro? How you doing, man? Me and Rashad didn't talk in years because we had a situation, right? And um, when we was in a at UDC, though, but that's that's you know what? I love that dude, man. I ain't gonna even front, man. You know what I'm saying? Like back, back, back in those days, man. Like I was really literally going through so much, man. Like I had nobody yeah. to talk to, man. So I used to act out in in crazy ways, man. And if I could see Rashad like face to face, man, I would literally apologize to him, yo. Because I don't want to, you know, even though it was like 20 years ago, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, that, 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 that's a good dude right there. Was that, that's a great player. You know what I mean? Everything. It was really dope hooping with him and everything, even though he shot the ball, got them too much. But, you know what I mean? It's, it's still love. And A Butter, and for A Butter, the game I told you about when I was like at the Rucker Park game that helped me get discovered by the Vegas coach, that was yeah. a game A Butter, a Butter um, was on him. Was like, yo, Danny's the reason why we won and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> we was on the same team that day, man. A butter uh -huh. always been, you know, always been dope, always been gracious and warm and stuff. Every time I for see sure. him, that was great really, that's my dog right there forever, man. For real. Shots to, to A butter, man. Um, B, go ahead, man. Shots to A butter, man. Streets first podcast. You know, we got yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Our fellow comrade. Yes, Street first podcast. Man. That's a great yes. dude. But, um, Danny, man, you know. Amazing stories about your pro career. Um, obviously, you know, ups and downs, which yes. we all go through. Um, but but I want to go back to a gracious moment. To me, um, is where you solidified your name. Um, and that's in streetball. You know what I'm saying? Um, streetball to me was where um you was kind of you kind of basically made your mark because everybody had questions about you being Ron's brother. You know, what, is he good as Ron? Is, is he even good at all? And you did a lot of things that these kids are not doing now, which was playing unlimited as a high school player. Um, yeah. You played unlimited, you know, I think as a junior junior and senior in high school. You know what I'm saying? And um, so talk to us a little bit about streetball and what it meant to you. And, and, and for me, again, knowing you, I felt where you got most – established that was at an EBC. You know what I mean? Rest in peace, Greg Marius. Yes. One, one of the greatest commissioners to ever 
um, you know, run a basketball program. For um, sure. And, and, and he had a lot of love for you and your brother. Um, but talk to us about EBC, about streetball in general, and about how you were able to make your mark in streetball and to really gain your confidence. Because I, I, like Joe talked about earlier, being an EBC, man, they just call you, I think, the Baby Panda. Was that your name, Baby Panda? Nah, I, I had three names. So um, okay. well, give my, us first name. Name, my first name was The Brain, yo. The Brain, the brain. there you go. Baby Panda was, um, excuse me, Baby Panda was Sorry, yeah. excuse me. The Brain, yes. So, um, yeah, so my first few boy name was The Brain. Then um, then it went from uh, uh, six five. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was the best right there, and then the guardian, the guardian, the guardian yes, I'm the guardian man. was because it was it was uh it was a crazy story. That's all the guardian man. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Danny, not even to cut you off, but talk to us a little bit about Coach Legendary Coach Tony Rosa, who you played for. Um, talk to us about the influence as you talk about streetball. Talk to us a little, a little bit about Tony Rosa and and how much he meant to you as a coach. Um, as a mentor and as an influencer, I know he meant a lot to me. Um, I never played for him, but he he always gave me uh gracious words. And um, but talk to us a little bit about Tony and and that team you played for in EBC, which was a crazy team. Tony Rose is the only football coach I ever had. Mm. I mean, in EBC, you know what I'm saying. So like Tony Rose, he he just gave me a he just gave me a shot, and um, you know what I mean. I just I just made the best of it. I knew he had his guys and stuff. Like you know, it was funny because a lot of them guys was getting paid, and I wasn't getting paid, but I didn't care. I wasn't happy to be playing at the Rucker, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, just trying to just trying to open up, you know, just get my name out there a little bit more. So you know, Tony gave me a chance and stuff. When I played well, he played me. You know what I'm saying? If I was missing free throws, he sat my ass down. And he just tell you just straight up and honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, you know, Tony Rosa is definitely one of them legendary coaches and stuff, you know, with everything, with everything that he do. Always it was always a pleasure playing for him. He was definitely one of the best. I don't know how many EBC championships he got, you know what I mean? But what what he did was he get he got the best out of out of his players. And I know that for a fact that um when we won it. I think we was one of the few of only teams when we was cash money to have no NBA players and win an ABC championship. We had no NBA players and we was winning. We was in the final four like almost every year. I remember one year like we upset it, um the family, the Lover team. Went, Eleven of them went undefeated one year. We beat, we knocked them out. We was the last team in. We knocked them out and then we we made it all the way to the semifinals. But you know Andre Barry had a game winner against us and, and everything. But you know. With um, EBC was just a special place, man. You had to go, you had to play because the fans was, you know, wasn't they wasn't um, holding back. If you play well, that's the love. I always wanted to go there to feel that that love and adulation, man. So when I went there, man, they knew like you know, what I mean, I, I I was coming to play. <clears throat> it was always love. It was some knuckleheads in the fans and stuff, and you know, in in the, in the um, crowd that was talking. So you know, what I mean, that had to get settled accordingly or whatever. But for the most part, man, it was always love. Shout out to the forty and over crew. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> we all we all almost there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the forty and over crew was was dope, man. Just seeing all those those, those them old heads there, just 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 loving a game of basketball and stuff, and like you know how it was back then, where you had to wait online. You know what yeah. I mean. At 1 p.m. for the 6:30 game, man, you know, like that was really, that was really dope, man, to 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 be a part of that, to play in New York City street ball during the golden era is not the same no more, you know, like it it it, 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 meant, it meant it meant everything, you know what I mean? So, like, it was just a special place. Rucker was like, like, besides playing in China for my, you know what I mean? Like, Rucker was like, like that, you know what I mean for me? It Respect. Was, 
it was it was, sure. it was really good. It was really good. I wish I could have played in more tournaments, but EBC just had everything, man. Um, it was it was it was it was just amazing. You know what I mean? Um, I, I did the Dykeman thing, um, but you know I wasn't really a fan of, of of Dykeman like that because of you know just certain things. You can't walk through certain neighborhoods in Dykeman and stuff, and I'm just like you know it's just crazy. Um, and um, you know Kingdom was Kingdom was cool. I like Kingdom as well. You know, Kingdom was fire because they had the fire uniforms and stuff. They, I think they rivaled ABC with the with the fire uniforms and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, street street ball was street ball was dope. Street ball, New York City street ball was dope. Oh, shout out even out of Manhattan, playing and selling the hole. You know what I mean? Like, you know, playing, playing in BG. I really wish I would have got to play in hoops in the sun. I really did. You know what I mean? But at least one one of my one of my friends, my, my boy um George Jefferson, they actually won your tournament, I think. Um and um, who's in the Sunday High School Division? I think a couple of years back, the G Jeff Foundation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's they won. They won two well two summers ago because of the pandemic last year. So yeah. they, they're the defending 19U champions, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. That's so the G Jeff Foundation is. That's what I'm talking no about. When I say George Jeff. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I really and then we just lost Topper, right? That's Topper. You ever saw the Top? I know Topper was part of that G Jeff from Jersey, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um. So I wanted to um, ask you, who were your rivalries or who were some of the games that you really got up for when you played at Street Ball? The total package. Mm. Mm. Got it. Manziel, the total got package, it. yo. Me and him, we didn't like each other, man. <laughs> we every, yo, Everywhere he was playing, I was like, I'm going to play against him. He's so goddamn good, man. Like He actually, like just watching him play, playing against him, I'm studying him. And he actually, I added a lot of his game to my game over the years. It's funny because now in my 30s, I can do pretty much, you know, all that stuff like dribble and shoot. I can actually shoot now and stuff more, more than post or whatever. Like I credit that to 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 Johnny to um to um the total package, man. Like that was like the one of the the, the those big men right there that was my size and stuff like that, but could, could do it all. So I always consider him, you know, what I mean, a big a, a big time rival. But it was just all basketball love, man. Like we was able to separate. To being rivals and not, and not liking each other as rivals on the mm -hmm. basketball court, but also being <clears throat> respectful if we see each other outside somewhere, if we like at the at a mall or going to the movies and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Hey, yo, see me. We know we play against y'all next week or whatever. Bush, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. now you can't. You know, people, kids don't know how to decipher those now. Now, just because if you don't like nobody on the basketball court, that doesn't mean. That means now to them you can't like them in real life and stuff. Like, right, you know right, I mean? right, 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 right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, everybody like each other today though. Actually, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I mean, listen, there's no remedy to fix street basketball for us right. in the media time, but having these stories and having these opportunities to speak to people from the golden era and also people that played in in, in our backyard can also give us gems and how to bring it back or even how to revitalize it or even just kind of you know just uh, resurge it. Right, I I don't think it's gone. Um, I just think it needs to be uh, researched, but the golden era can never can never be mimicked, and no. we can't do that. Um, so total package jazz was jazz is cool. Like jazz, my man, like he's smooth as butter. So mm -hmm. I, 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 that's when you said that. I said you know I'm a back up. I got nothing to say about jazz. Jazz a tough cover. So I agree with you on that. Um, are there any other teams that might have been like yo? That's a team I want to really, you know, back in that day that you really targeted besides a player, maybe like a team that you was like hmm. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna cast the ass real quick. <laughs> I always thought, to be honest, and I, I I love Sean Bell, but I always thought that they was a really good team when everything was dying down. You know what I'm saying? Like I wish that they was around when it was hectic. You know what I'm saying? 
You know, um, I wish I actually got to play with TMP. We all from they all from Queens. I yes. never, never got a chance to play to play with TMP and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but I think also Sean, Bell, Sean Bell was D and D All Stars too. I think too as yep. well, right? DDN. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. DDN. Yeah. yeah. I wish that we all was. I wish that them them, them dominant teams that that Ra has. Like I wish yeah. they played like in the early two thousands and stuff like that. I think it would have been really interesting. Like I wish I would have played against um you know um Happy Feet when 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 um you know that would have been a good matchup. You know, what I mean, we was both, you know, at, at each other's best and stuff like that. He could do yeah. some things I can't do. I could do some things that 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 he can't do as well. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think me and Happy Feet would have been a fun matchup, actually. Yeah, I mean, I would have enjoyed that. Like, I would have loved to go up against Jay Wash because what I like about Jay Wash watching him play, he remind me of myself. You know, with the energy, trash talk, and always ready sure. to go and stuff like that. Yes, so yes. that would have been, you know, something to to um to 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 go up against and stuff. You know what I mean? Like um. Also, I, I would have liked to hoop with you know Truck Bryant and stuff because Truck talk mad trash. So it would have been fun to see you know to just go up against these all these guys. Now it's just really it's just it's just different in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like and so like is it is this like like well, like what's a streetball legend now? You know what I'm saying? Like the streetball legend is different. Like yeah. there, there there aren't any. Like I heard about Ali Mo years before I even played against Ali Mo. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like my whole ruck, I have two different styles of play. Like my ruckers, my rucker style, how I play with the energy and the animation was from Strick. You know what I'm saying? Like I do the spin move because of Strick. <laughs> you know that when he had the ball and he do that fast spin like that, that's because of Strick. Rest in peace to him. Mm -hmm. You know, like where where are the guys at? Where are the the you know what I mean? Like I know you know BG, you doing your thing with your league and stuff like that. You know you too. But where where yeah. where are the um the the mentors at to help these other these these kids that want to play street ball? You know. A lot of people is not going to go play professional basketball nowhere, but there are, you know, people that play street, but I could become those guys. Like, where's those mentors at? They're not around anymore. Like, because the game doesn't change. You know what I mean? Got yeah. Everybody's friends. There's no real rivalries no more. You know what I'm saying? Everybody teaming up and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy now. Like, I never wanted to team up with anybody. I wanted to go against, you know, those type of guys and stuff back then. Like, even if we lose, I would have just loved to go up against guys like that. Like, even with BG's money's team, like I would never play on a team that with BG when he have his money game because he never lost. I want to try to end that streak. You know what I'm saying? Just a competitive thing. Let's, but we could be friends after. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt, no so, doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like, what's what's going what's, what's going on here? That that's that's why I, when I be seeing it, so I was, yeah. when I was coaching, I was coaching in Gertrude and everything. And I'm just looking like, like, what's going what's going on? You know what I'm saying? So when I had my players like uh, Leaky Roof, I try to instill that with them. Like, yo, son, listen. You know what I mean? These people want your spot. They're trying to go to the same position you're trying to go to in basketball, right? Step on their neck. Nobody eats. If they have kids, the kids starve too. That's just how that's how you got to carry it, man. Because They'll do it to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you always yeah. have that mindset. You know what I mean? And shout out to Lee. No actually, you know, having that mindset too, man. Nah, so we got a good point, man. I, I think what happens is um, the dynamic of street boys change because um, you, you have a lot of guys. It, it's kind of like you have a teenage mother trying to be a mom. You know what I'm saying? So you, you have you – have really um, experience – that want to pass down the lineage um, to to the next generation. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's 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 where Joe was saying as far as the game being revamped. We need we don't really have any too many more OGs. You know what I'm saying? Like like now the OGs are 28 years old, 29 years old, 30 years old. Where when you was coming up, stricken those guys with 37, 38. You know what I mean? 
you was 20, whatever, 21, 22. So you don't you don't really have too many um seasoned vets, as I might say, that that are that are um that have the stronghold of street ball. Um, you know, talking about Speedy, talking about, you know, those guys, Ali Moe, those those were the pillars of street ball. You know what I'm saying? And right. you kinda had to go through those guys. It, it was no going around those guys. You know what I'm saying? Where now where now it is, you could kinda now you could kinda with social media, you could kind of create this character of of a of, of a person without really having to go through the um you know like 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 the red the round table. You know what I'm saying? Like like you mm. had to go through that round table with street ball back in the days and you know dynamic has changed. But um you make a great point, Danny. But um let's let's segue man into um your podcast, man. It's the Danny Wall Test Podcast podcast, which is doing some mm. great things. And and, and I, I wanna start by saying this. Um you actually inspired me to do a podcast. I remember um, going with my wife to, uh, she had an interview with Capone, shout out to Queensbridge, and um, Danny interviewed me while she was actually going to interview Capone, and um, I was on his show, and um, he actually, you know, and willed to me to, to start podcasting, and um, your show is phenomenal, um, it's authentic, it's genuine, um, even for me and Joe, you know, starting our commissioner's corner, you know, we, we've got we've gotten a lot of great things and feedback from you. Um, talk talk to the, talk to us a little bit about how you started that. And um, I'm gonna turn this. I'm gonna turn this energy up. I'm. I don't care. I stole things from him. I took it from him. I don't care. I'm a competitor. I wanted to feature you. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Like, I'm gonna Hey, listen. I'll, hey, everything he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna feature. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna do all that. I don't care. I don't care. That's, that's me. How, no. I approach podcasting though too. I, oh, I, I hey. do. Oh, trust me, I do. Absolutely right. You, I agree with BG. Your platform is legit. Your platform is solid, organic. It speaks to different venues, different different atmospheres, different venues, and different opportunities. So the Commissioner Corner name is really tailored to commissioners in New York City or commission around the world. Yeah. Him and I decided to open up the way you did it in terms of like, hey, we're going to bring all types of entertainment talent to what culture the culture of streetball, the culture of New York, the culture of basketball for us, what it made for us so beautiful. These other elements add to these pieces and what they're doing now can continue that hopefully in a different way. So you have inspired us uh, and I appreciate your platform and I appreciate what you, your, your topic of discussion is just so, it just, it's, it's so, so different. So we appreciate you on that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, Like my, my podcast media network, <clears throat> It, it's, it spawned from just being, you know, me 265 at Rucker. And they used to call me 265. So that's why I started 265 Media. That's the name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? What it means is basically like, you know, me being that small ball center and never giving up and everything. So it's, it's kind of a metaphor. You know what I mean? Just 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 like even when, you know, you, you're 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 undersized or you're under you're overlooked. Because I've, I've, you know, before we get into the podcast, I always felt overlooked in the streetball thing because a lot of people see me play. All these other commissioners, all these other people that be around the, at the round table, they see me play, but I always have an issue why I'm not on that sofa. You know what I'm saying? Like, my name should be on that sofa. Like, I'm glad I can say that, man. You know what I mean? Because right. I'm, I'm like, this, this is my class. I'm busting their ass in high school and everything. Like, how do you name on there? And I'm not on there. Like, what, what, what the you're talking about that? You, are you talking about that couch for Nike couch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should be hey, listen, <laughs> I, I might, I think the tone made it, but my dad made the name. My, my dad's name made the couch. So that's good for me. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to be all that, but 
I understand how you felt. Like if you if you had a, a stamp in New York City, you'd like to be recognized. And I, I hear you for sure. It's a lot of names on that couch. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of names. But the reason why I separate my what separates me is because like not only am I a small ball center, I'm one of the few small ball centers that you can actually run an offense through. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you could run an offense through me and I can produce and then come through for you. I'm tough, no strong, I'm a winner, everything. You know what I'm saying? So, but I know why, because I moved out of New York and I left for a while. I was forgotten, but it's all good though. Now, nah, but back to, to, to podcasting though, with podcasting, um, I started podcasting because I was watching, you know, the ESPNs and the Fox Sports and those platforms. And I just don't like how to, how they d- dissect the game. You know what I mean? It's really different now. Everybody's a character. You're not learning nothing. So instead of getting upset and nobody's just tweeting these people like, yo, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, let me create my own platform. So I started in October 2019, and we are at over on my show. Been just passed the 15,000 download mark. So we've been downloaded over 15,000 times. Um, like When I go live like this, um, we pass. We almost have a half a million live viewers and stuff. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's getting really successful. Um, I just caught a sponsor, Manscaped. You know what I mean? They nice. sponsor the podcast and stuff. And also Elate CBD. So anybody got that CBD, you know, any CBD needs, come holler at me. You know, 30% off for y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Andy, ask you a question, right? Yeah, so now, you know, we're talking about, you know, podcasting, talking about media. Um, talk about being on the other side, right? Um, where, you know, yes, you cover in sports. You want to give a different dynamic to it. But now you're on the other, on the other side of the table. Um, from not being an athlete now, from kind of viewing the viewing the game from more of a political and a media side, talk to us a little bit about that transition for yourself. Um, from being a player to now to now covering sports, um, which is a lot different because, um, even though we we're gonna always be for the athlete, there's certain things and dynamics that even me and Joe have to talk about all the time that you have to cover when you when you sometimes you don't want to cover it. You know what I mean? So talk about being on that other side and um and, and, and sports and covering sports. So my dynamic is different because I had a brother in the league. Me being around the NBA, you know what I mean, from 1999 to 2017, I seen the other side of how the business is. You know what I mean? So I always share my experiences of what I've seen being I was actually in meetings and stuff like that. You know what I mean? On how on how this thing go. So when I when I approach it, I ask the question that. I don't ask the question for my followers, for anybody that support me that they that that want to hear it. I ask the questions that I want to get the answer to. I want the answer. That's the like, thing. That's what I do. That's how I approach it. I want to hear it because I want to like you talking to me. You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> that's how right. I look at it. Not don't answer the questions for my fans, for my followers, for the supporters. I don't care about all that. You know what I mean? But I try to be as you know. I try to be as honest. You know what I mean? As, as I try to be as honest as much as possible and stuff. Um, when I be in them, them NBA press conferences now, because I got access to that now, um, I just ask a lot of player development questions and stuff like that. Like if, if um, you know, for one thing, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. been having an inconsistent label on him since Michigan. So I ask him, like, you know, like, like what what are you doing to to shed that that label off? It's been around you for like, you know, me since your, your whole entire career. So what are you doing? You know, just ask him real honest questions, and I, you know, what I mean, I get the answer or whatever. You know, um, just you know, talk about. Just like player development stuff, like what are you doing to get yourself better? Because kids need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So I try to I try to approach it like that. I don't really get into the 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 hoopla stuff. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm a big fan of no hot takes. Even on the, you know that clubhouse app, we got a room called Real Basketball Talk, no hot takes. But we just being on, we just being real, and we just asking the questions that you know we want to hear. You know what I mean? Like um, what Zach said in the comments, just I try to be as 
as personal as much as possible without being disrespectful or something like that. You know, we just I'm just trying to figure out like what are you doing wrong? How can you get better? Like, you know, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna ask you a question. I want to know the answer why. But I try to be I try to you know do that for for my listeners and everything. So yeah. Amazing. So um Danny, in, in terms of your and then we got a few people here that might as well run down. So off the glass is amazing how NYC and here in Chicago, Street Bowl ain't the same. Uh, off the off the glass, a great podcast, one of the best. I'm assuming it's your platform. Both of us. Um, both of us now. Both of us now off the, off the glass. Yes. Okay. Um, the question I have for you is, um, in terms of your podcast, what is the uh, any memorable uh, interviewees you had on your show that you could share with and um. I want to ask you what what strategies or, or business, I, I would say business partnerships you you have in place or you want to put in place for your podcast to, to continue to grow. Um, so my most memorable guest is um, Jamel Hill actually. So I had the pleasure of having Jamel Hill on the show, and I wrote seventy six questions for her. <laughs> I wrote seventy six questions, and I was mm-hmm. going to keep it. So one side of it was the the cookie cutter stuff. Let's not get controversial and stuff, right? So I, I, I did that, and the show was going so good that she was able, she was actually turning the conversation to that. So I had all those questions. I came really prepared. So you know, and then I was I was also telling her like you know my boy Danero Rice, who I played college basketball with from Detroit, like she is. And I was just telling her, but they got this dance out there called the Jit. Mm. Um, so I was just telling her like you know how like I could actually Jit dance really well and stuff, and like you know we was laughing about that and stuff, and uh, you know Jamel, you know what I mean she normally gets forty five minutes of her time. But she gave me an hour and a half, you know what I mean. So that was that was really awesome for her, you know. And also, just um another memorable moment. What really boosted my show was um was two times um when the Last Dance came out, the documentary with Michael mm. Jordan. Birthday to the goat, by the way. Um, but I was do I was doing live streams after the Last Dance ended, and um BG was on a couple or once or something like that. He was on it actually, and so um. But then I saw that a lot of these NBA reporters was coming on that people that was actually covering, you know, the Bulls during that time. You know what I'm saying? So it was actually um, it was actually pretty cool. It actually, it actually boosted me up. Then I did a show on election night. You know what I'm saying? Just a non-basketball thing. I did a show on election night. And we were talking about how the presidency will affect mental health, how the, how the new presidency will affect. You know the finances and stuff like that. So I had like somebody that's a mental health expert on the show. Then I had somebody in the financial um, world on the show. This guy, nice. uh, Prince Dykes from Denver, a black man from Denver that actually was Warren Buffett actually wrote about him in a book. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when Warren Buffett do his year end book, he wrote about him because he does he writes books himself. So like this dude got, actually got the kick it at Warren Buffett house to eat dinner with Warren Buffett at 4.5 million. He got it for free. 36 year old black man. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? From crazy. You know, crazy. So crazy. He was on my show. He was on my show um a couple of times where we did a beginner's guide into investing. Then, you know, when you, when you have more money, you want to invest like bigger and stuff like that. So he came on my show twice. So that show was my biggest show I've ever done. Live stream stuff is at 46,000 live views at one time. God bless crazy. you, brother. God bless crazy. you, brother. God bless you. It, it blew me up. So um that that was like when the, the podcasting thing, you know, it was like it started, it started, it started going up for me there, man. So no doubt. It was actually really, really dope, man. Podcasting's, you know, saved my life too. You know what I'm saying? I was dealing with a lot of the, you know, stuff, you know, with um like not being around my kids and stuff, you know, I got kids in previous relationships, 
not being around that, just going to that depression, almost harming myself a couple times. Yeah. Stuff. So I podcast, to be honest, honestly, I podcast yeah. keep my mind off stuff. So my mind is always thinking about podcasting now. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I upgrade the show? How can I do this? How can I do that? You know what I mean? Like, you, y'all going through it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I see my brother. I see my brother shaking his head back there. He He's like, yo, you, man, preach, Danny. I know yeah. exactly what you're going through because- You wear 10 hats I, as a podcaster. Wear 10 hats, man. And, and my brother's a genius. And not because this is the show we are on network, but yeah. I, see his, I see his hard work in this field. And it's hard to be- respected in the podcast world if you don't have no lineage behind you you know what i'm saying respectfully so consider it's hard lucky. it's hard consider yourself hard. lucky you got rc in the back doing the background stuff right what rc do i do all my own you know what i'm saying like you need a team to podcast you literally need right. you need That's more like you do the podcasting you do the videography thing you're yep. doing the, the booking you're doing the the producing the, the flyers the advertisement the, the social media the booking you're everything, you know what I'm saying? That's so right. I it's literally 10 hats that I wear. You know, I'm mean? pointing right. it out and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? To have an actual team, like, you know, yeah. it is needed. You know what I mean? So that's why, you know, I, mean, I decided to start, you know, the 265 Media mm-hmm. Podcast Network. You know what I mean? To, you know, I got other, we got, it's like eight of us. It's eight other podcasts on, on, on the umbrella. So it's nine total, including my show and nice. stuff. We just, I just got all my favorite podcasts on it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that I love listening to. So I'm like, hey, why don't we just come up and create something together instead of yep. just like, you know, support your show. Let's let's build this conglomerate up together. So that's what we did. We like, you know, we we actually making a lot of moves and stuff. It's it's right. it's, it's really it's really been it's really been amazing. And um, as and as far as like everything else, like I got the sponsorship with Manscaped. Um, I just started that yesterday and stuff like that. And congratulations, I also- baby. Congratulations, thank you. Baby. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. So well, everybody, everybody on 265 Media got all manscaped stuff. So that was actually dope to hey. actually you know, spread the love to my to to, to, to to the squad and stuff. And then I also picked up another uh, sponsorship from Elite CBD. So they just got a bunch of you know CBD stuff for athletes and everything like that. You know, what I mean CBD is a new wave and stuff. So um, looking looking forward to these, to these partnerships with these with these good people and stuff, man. So yeah, podcasting has been amazing, man. It really has been. Hey, listen, I got a great partner. I got a great uh, producer, and having guests like you just makes it a little more easier. So I, I'm I'm glad, like you know, the 265 meeting people on your on your network are commenting and saying that uh, uh, you know, just saying that our, our commissioner corner podcast is dope and they they like it. And we we honestly we're not doing it for sponsorship, but eventually we're gonna have to because this is gonna become a full time job. And you know, we have things in our regular lives that we do besides this and. This could be a good place for us to, you know, have a conversation or even work together collaboratively. Not only from, not for sponsors, but just like content and just working together because that's what New York City needs and that's what people like ourselves want to kind of emulate. Is the sponsorship came out of nowhere though for me because normally when you get a sponsorship, yeah. because people be getting like, like to get a sponsorship, you got to average like, you know, five, ten thousand downloads, like listens per show. I don't average that. I'm at like three hundred or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So the thing was. Is that you never like I, I use Clubhouse really good. Like I don't play on Clubhouse. Like you know, what I'm saying? I got two rooms. I got the Daniel Test podcast on Clubhouse, and I got the 265 Media networking room on Clubhouse, where I just network the whole time when I'm on that room. So okay. the right people just happened to be in there at one time. We did a room, and it just blew up and stuff like that. Uh, nice. And that's how I ended up getting the the Manscaped thing. They actually like what they see. So for nope. them to you know believe in me, um, right. my, my podcast is still young. You know what I mean? That was that was really nice of them to, to you know no I mean, reach out. No doubt. 
Debbie. Um, listen, whenever you want to have us on, just book us. Okay. You know what I mean? Just hit us on our email. You know, just text me. You know, just let me know. I'm, I'm here for you. You know, that's right. That's right. Definitely. Hey, yeah, you know how to reach me. Um, hit the book button man, on my Instagram. Yo, you know what? Yo, let me tell you something. We, we, we try to get this interview with, with, uh, with Danny respectfully. So I said, yo, let's hit him up. Let's hit him up. You got to have me go book and click times. I'm like, uh, what's, this? Hollywood. what's this? And my brother's like, yo, I got a book. Respectfully. Respectfully. Then, then he said, then Randy said, what time? 7 or 8. I'm like, 7 or 8? Like, <laughs> <that's what he laughs> it, takes, it takes a half out. All you got to do is win it. Yeah. Go to my app. Elevation, man. And then you know it, it, it literally takes the frustration out of, of, of um of everything, man. To be honest, it just takes the frustration out of the book and stuff. Sometimes you forget. As long as I check, I check my calendar every day. So that's how I do it. Just it just helps me out. You know what I mean? So I check my calendar every day. Oh, I got this. Okay, cool. Now, now I know how to start my day and stuff like that. You gotta act like you know what I mean to 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 be a CEO or whatever. You gotta act like one. So I be I behave like one now. I wake up at four a.m. every day. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, check my stocks and make sure that, you know, everything is looking good on there and everything. You know what I mean? Then I, I read my books and stuff like that, prepare my breakfast, you know what I mean? Do work with my kids and stuff. And then I'm just handling the business. So, like, right now, I feel like I'm, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And that's how I'm carrying it with 265 Media, man. I'm speaking it through existence, through my actions. That's a, Hey, listen, man, you just made me a believer. You dropped some gems on me to get to get us better on our platform. So I, I, I salute you. So... Uh, we got a few more questions to, to hit you up with, and then um, we're right. going to wrap it up. So, BG? The yeah, last so, Danny, so, so we got a couple more questions, man, that we're going to put you in the corner. You know what I mean? going to put you deep in the corner. You know what I mean? But um, we, we didn't get into it earlier, but me knowing you personally, man, um, I, I know personally, and, and, and um, I just want you to share about one or two stories. Um, but you you were a big influence on Ron. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially um, when... Um, you worked out with him. He was was his workout partner when he was in Indiana, um, mm -hmm. a little bit when he was in Detroit, um, and, and and you was a big influence. Uh, the whole family, um, when he won the NBA championship. Um, but talk to us a little bit about share share some stories about Ron. Um, I know it's one particular you want to talk to us about. You know about the pilots. You know what I mean. You never talked about it. You know what I'm saying. But on the corner, you got to give us that exclusive. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that experience. Um, at the palace. Um, in Detroit. And then also just give us a quick, quick, um, you know, uh, share share response about you know being at the NBA championship, being there with your brother. You were there, um, a, a huge moment, pillar, a milestone for the family. Um, and and I know, you know, as much as Ron put in the work, you know, being a family, you know, you go through it with with your with your brother, you know. So talk talk to us a little bit about both of those both of those um, memorable moments. And then Joe gonna put you in the corner. All right, no problem. So with the with the palace thing, I was in Boston actually, you know, when it happened. And then um it was just it was just like a surreal moment and stuff. And I spoke to Ron like directly after it happened. Like you could hear this commotion in the locker room and stuff. And <laughs> the funny thing was like, yo, son, yo, we got quite by Queens Bridge, man. We gotta come back out here the next day and stuff. And I was like, yo, that shit's crazy, right? I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we was ready to go to the Detroit Pistons practice facility, fight these dudes, man. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things ever, man. But like I thought that um the 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 um punishment was a little bit too harsh because of um, you know, at the end of the day, we all human and nobody wants to get nothing thrown in their face. I thought that was the proper reaction from Ron. 
to 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 do what he did. You know what I'm saying? I know he apologized for it. He probably thinks differently, but me, I just think that's the human reaction right there. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know these 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 NBA people and fans, of course, they wanted people to act like you know they're not human. You know, just because you got millions of dollars, now you're not human or whatever. You got to be above it all and stuff like that. No, somebody disrespects you. You know, you handle it. That's how that's how I always felt. I still feel that way to this day. You know, and um, so like the punishment was it was it was it was kind of harsh and stuff. And I remember just like you know going back to Indiana and um, just you know working out, you know with 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 Ron and stuff, and you know just making sure that he was good. And you know we 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 traveled everywhere when we worked out. It was actually pretty fun. I got to you know work out with his his the pace of teammates, the ones that wasn't playing, no minutes and stuff like that. You know, um, and um, it was it was it was it was really fun actually to 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 you know go up against those guys and stuff too as well. And I wish Ron was like on this show because he could tell you that like I was dunking on like all his teammates. I got James Jones. I got one of his seven footers and stuff. I got I got Ron too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I caught Ron too as well. Um, I caught like damn near half the roster on the paces. You know what I'm saying? So it was fun. Like the intensity was always ratcheted up and Ron was still training like he was in the off season. So like, you know, he was always in shape the entire time and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people see when people, when people speak about Ron, they always talk about, you know, the that stuff. They talk about the action and whatever happened or whatever, but nobody really brings up the hard work it take to, to not only go through that, but to still stay mentally ready to, 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 to work out hard like that. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting paid because you're suspended for the year. So you got no money coming in. You know what I'm saying? And and to to persevere, like, you know, through, through, through that whole year. Nobody, nobody talks about that, about, about Ron. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think yep. people need to step back and put it in perspective. Like, yo, like this dude could have just, like, came back, you know, out of shape or his game could have fell off and stuff. You know what I mean? He was still good. He still had, um, you know, when he got traded to Sacramento from Indiana, he led them to the playoffs. They was in the 14th spot in the West. And then he led them to the playoffs. He got them to the eighth spot. You know what I'm saying? And he was averaging, you know, averaged 20 points in Sacramento, you know. Um, and then, you know, going to Houston and doing whatever he got to do in Houston. And then with the Lakers, you know, winning the championship. Uh, segue into that. Like, my experience with that was crazy because, you know, we all see our favorite teams win. Yeah. You know what I mean? As fans. And we're like, yeah, you know what I mean? But to see that, like, and from the way I seen it was was crazy. It never thought out of all the stuff that was going on that I'll be able to see like my brother win a championship. Like I can remember when Ron, when Ron used to like, you know, run around the house and um, you know, we playing full court in the hallway and stuff like that with the hangers on the on the door and stuff, you know, and and you know, with the sock and everything. It, it was just, you know, it was just weird to see him, you know, go as far as he went. And 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 win a championship. Like I can remember, like when Ron used to get stitches every summer, because he always used to just like do wild stuff, like on the bikes and getting the bike star, you know, with a pedal thing is that getting that that you know that chain stuck on his leg and and everything. Ron used to get stitches every summer, running and hitting the the license plate, getting cut on the license plate. Oh, we in the house. You know how in the projects one beam is lower than the other. This dude playing basketball, going hard, full speed dunk, and hit his head on the beam. Yo, you know them project beams in the New York City. You know, you know, them things is like they don't give. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They don't give. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just seeing all the answers that Ron, that Ron did and stuff. Like, I got a one funny story. I remember we was at um the park near Queen Bridge called Rainy Park, right? 
So we walking on the rocks near the water. He slipped. He duplicates like his fingers. He's running home. His fingers dangling. He leaves me. Mind you, I'm like nine years old. He left me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, just you know, all those moments and stuff. So like when he won a championship, they left the trophy in the arena. So I'm the only one with the trophy. So mind you, if you ever watch the championship celebrations on TV, right? It's always the players first, right? But they didn't have the trophy. Who got the trophy? I do. <laughs> they wanted the trophy, right? I'm like, yo, I, I, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, that's how I'm going to get it. I got to hear Phil Jackson talk before they open a room to the media and everything. So I'm in there. I got the trouble not giving the trophy up. So I'm like, the only way this trophy is giving up is I'm going in and I'm handing it to them. So I got to go in and celebrate with the team, the actual first oh, team wow. celebration in the locker room, yo. You know? Pouring the champagne on Phil Jackson's head, y'all. Like this. So you had champagne showers? You had yeah. Champagne. Yo, I poured champagne. Yo, I went up the field. I poured the champagne on his head, yo. Like, how dope is that? Nobody can say that, yo. Hey, Danny, what are you doing? They first were like, yo, what are you doing here? I'm like, I got the trophy, y'all. Hey, it was crazy. Then, like, you know, just like, just and then I, I leave. I'm drenched, you know what I'm saying. So now I'm drenched. So I leave and stuff or whatever. And then I'm in front of because I had I had to go out and talk to the media myself. So I go and talk to the media and everything. I'm just like, what can y'all say now about Ron? There's nothing y'all can say. Call him champ from now on. You know what I'm saying? All of y'all, I'm pointing them. You, 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 y'all always be talking about him like you know, like everybody, all the media that was there, like everybody had everything negative to say to Ron. Like y'all can't say nothing. Now you're standing there with a dumb face. You know what I'm saying? Like they couldn't say anything. And that's the story of perseverance right there. Like. Right. No matter what you do, you can you can go you can go through the fire and everything like that. But as long as you know you stay diligent in your work and stuff and, and stay focused, like you can right. come through you can come through anything, man. And it was so dope to see him, you know, win win that championship, man. It was it's special. I still still to this day, man, I still like you know, I still celebrate it. I still have the same ace of spades bottle mm. that they had. I got it in the case and everything on the top of my fridge to this day. Like, you know, what I mean, I never opened it. Or nothing. I don't know when I'm opening it. Maybe if I get remarried, maybe you know what I mean, yeah. pour it on the wife or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Celebrate. Yeah. Maybe I might sell it to y'all. I remember that day 21, right? And I remember he made those two big shots. And I said, damn, he's gonna really gonna win this shit, man. And he's gonna be the reason why they win this shit. And just seeing him win, and like all my friends know I went to the sound. I was my story is I went to, I went to school with Sham and and uh, Ronald says, shit, you can't tell me nothing. And then he said, did you play ball? I said, ah, I played ball CB, but I was the rebounder for Ron during his, you know, warm-ups and shit, so I can really celebrate with him today, too, because I was on the ground with him in that small matchbox mm -hmm. gym on 2nd Street and 2nd Avenue, brother. The dungeon. That's, Yo, that's, not the on, that's not there no more. It's I know. I saw that. I saw that. It's on 6th Street now. It's on 6th Street and 2nd. Look really weird, but... Still the same school? Like, the same gym? Like, still the same size? It's, it's probably... A tad big bigger, Danny, to be honest with you, but it has, it has columns and staircases, like some oh, ancient shit. But I'm like, just to see that when it was it was all red and khakis and ties, yeah. to see this guy play with one of the greatest of all time and just get, you know, just get get his flowers. And I was just so happy for him. And, and let's talk he, about that real quick, like like that whole situation, like when you know, um, when LaSalle was like the number three ranked team in the nation. You got to go to that. You got to go to that gym and play in that gym, that small gym. The Rice, oh man, man. Uh, uh, Rice High School, man. They beat Rice four times that year to win a city championship. The first mm -hmm. undefeated team since Powell Memorial with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to go undefeated in the Catholic School Division in New York. 
undefeated win a championship, yo. Like that is dope right there, they, yo. They, that team was tough. They had um Sharifa Hardo, Eddie mm-hmm. Artest, Sham, and I, it might have had like somebody else, like maybe Hendrick McBride or Dudley, or I don't know, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, you got it, you got it, Hendrick McBride, um, Emmanuel, um, oh, what's they my had, name? Dudley Irving, they had they had the um Muggsy Green. Was Muggsy there yet? Yep, Muggsy was there. Muggsy. Sham didn't win the city with Ron. Muggsy was the I, okay, okay. Yeah, I think what yeah, Miguel Caballero. Miguel Caballero, y'all know how to remember say him? That? You remember him? He was like built like Dave Robinson. He was a sophomore. He was a sophomore that year. He was so ripped. I was like, no. yo, who's I gotta get in the gym in the sweats? This dude crazy. was crazy. And I was still able walking the gym. I'm like, oh shit, I'm at the golf all the speedball. I'm golf all the high school basketball. And yeah, it's amazing, man. And now 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 even that element of high school basketball is gone and Terms of how that competition was and LaSalle's B now. Yeah, LaSalle's B. But they got like two they won like at least like two or three city championships though since since yeah, Ron James Lennon. Boke Knight. James Boke Knight went there. That was the last time they won the city championship. Oh, they brought yeah. James yeah. Boke Knight went to LaSalle, bro. Two years. Wow. Yep. That's that's no I didn't know that, B. I didn't know that. You know what's so crazy? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. See, and this is what New York City got to come back to, man. Whatever happened to the players staying in the city? Like I found out on draft night. That uh Mo Bamba was from New York. I didn't know that. From Harlem. Um Jalen LeCue from the Bronx. Didn't know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, Terrence Mann that plays on the Clippers from Brooklyn too. Didn't know that. What high school? Yeah, you I, know. I, know. I know that either. Terrence. I didn't know that about Terrence Mann. Yeah, I'm like, like, our we need to get back to that era when, you know, we didn't have to go to cup, um, you know, Catholics. I mean, go out of prep school, go out of out of state to play and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like remember, like when Lincoln was holding it down. You know, sure. you yep. know, like, like like when the public school division was the public school yeah. division, like it was tough. Yeah, you know? it was, uh, boys and girls. It was yeah. Lincoln, it was uh, I know BG knows. Like I mean, Be- before South Shore got good, I remember when South Shore wasn't good. I don't know where I don't know how South Shore got in here. They got good really quick. I was like, okay, South like- Shore. <laughs> really good. Um. So before we go to rapid fire, uh, I want to ask you two things that you brought up in the in your wrong conversation. I think it's good to hear about how either you know you dealt with this or he dealt with it, like just the mental health aspect as an athlete. You know, we, we we're going through it now. We got a bunch of professional athletes coming out saying that they they experience mental health issues, they're going through it, the pressure, the expectations. You know, from your your playing days, from Ron's playing days to now podcasting, uh, you mentioned some some gems. Like, how do you deal with mental health in terms of getting your your own Zen and what do you, what do you recommend for, you know, fans who are into going to podcasting or going to sports? How should they try to deal with mental health? To be honest, I say go see therapists, man, to be honest, first and foremost, go see a professional. Like some people could deal with it a certain way. Some people can't, I'm not going to say, Hey, do the same thing I do. Cause it might not work for you. You know what I'm right. saying? So definitely, you know, go see that therapist and stuff like that. It just podcast is just something for me because I'm scared to go see a therapist. Like I'm, I'm always nervous about it. So right. like I'm not ready. I mean, I should. I know I need to go, but I'm just not ready. I'm not in that space yet to go to go see one. To be honest, so I just podcast to just keep my mind busy and stuff. And I also, you know, get to the beach as much as I can. You know, being down here in South Carolina, no, 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 no teasing everybody. You know what I mean? You know, just being able to live in this 63 degree weather in, the, in these months. You know what I mean? Able to go get away, just go to the go to the beach sometime and just get that zen on and just you know either you know talk to myself, yell, cry. You know what I mean? Pray and right. stuff like that. So I, I try to I try to get, you know, I try to get that part of me, you know, straight. Still a work in progress and stuff like that. But you know, I'm, I'm same um, here. same um, here. 
you know, we we all we all going through a pandemic. You know, it definitely messed with me a lot. You know, what I mean, it looked good. I mean, when I be posting stuff, but pandemic, damn near, just just destroyed me a lot, a whole lot, to be honest and stuff. So, yeah. you know, what I mean, it's it's even harder now and stuff because I'm just like you know always in the house. I'm not working out. I got to yeah. get back into the gym and stuff like that. And that part right there, you know, what I'm saying like not working out, not being in that in that space yeah. and stuff, losing an aunt to COVID and stuff. Got friends that lost their family and friends, you know, what I mean, to COVID and everything. It's just. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy. Like I, I I got I got four sons and I'd be worried about them, even sure. with the whole with the um racial climate in this country too as well. You know what I mean? Like I have like I said, I got four boys, four black kids. So I always feel bad. It's hard because I feel like I get creative targets now. You know what I'm saying? So I look at it like that. I just be like, you know, is this is is this crazy? So it's funny. I got to talk to my four year old son about you know why you know this is going on, dad or whatever. He asked me questions. I gotta tell him. That people is not going to like you, right? Because of your skin color and stuff like that. No matter how nice you are, no yeah. matter how much money you get, you could be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? No, they're not going. People, certain people, some people is not going to like you for your skin color and stuff. So, you know, what I mean, everything has been real stressful, man. To be honest, so I, I just podcast. I just try to stay in a in a, in a positive mindset at all times, man. You know, so you know, I'm hey, that's, that's what all about, man. And yeah. we're here for you, and I think that yeah. I brought it up because I want to make sure that. As brothers of different color skin type, I want to make sure that in this world that we stay together and we persevere through this because yeah. podcast give us another avenue to speak to the people and give roses to people like yourself and what you've been able to persevere and get yeah. through. And also, don't hold back too. You know what I mean? Speak your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like with the whole racism thing, I don't like when people be like, we all got to meet in the middle table, like in the middle ground. There's no middle ground in racism. We don't want to be racist. This is y'all. No, y'all got to come all the way to our side, and then we could we could do something. You know what I'm saying? Like I I was on this um this show called The Unsealed. I actually did an open letter to white people and how much I didn't trust them mm. and what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? And I always say it all the time when when white people always be like, "How can I be an ally to the movement?" I'm like, "Listen." Racism starts at the dinner table, okay? <laughs> yep. It starts at the dinner table at your house because your, your son could literally be on the other side of the table like, hey, I was hanging out with Sean today. Or that, you know what I mean? And then the father could react a crazy way. And that's how it get going. Like, they, they'll, they'll feed that into their kid's mind. So they need to stop doing that. If you're in the street and, or you with your friends and y'all, you know, there's no black people around and you hear somebody saying something crazy, check them right there. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's, it's, it's called integrity. And that means doing the things doing the same things that when nobody's looking as well right. when everybody's looking. So it's all about having integrity and stuff. And then, you know, maybe we can come to, 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 um, you know, some type of, I don't know, understanding. It's, and, a, it's uh, a long way. And we, a long ways. we didn't scratch the surface yet after what we see in 2020. Um, it's, it's, it's embarrassing in terms of the exposure that, that we all got in terms of the, the actions that happened and the way that our government and the way that, our leaders reacted to that. So I'm going to leave it like that because I'm not a political person, but yeah, facts. <laughs> I, I, feel you. I feel you. I will leave you with this. Um, I know Ron and, and Kobe had a great connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, know, I know when I had Ron on a, on a live uh, a couple months ago, he had talked about his, his, his relationship with Kobe. Um, can you attest to that? And also are there any stories or can you tell, can you tell us from your perspective, how important Kobe was to Ron and how, how important Ron was to Kobe as well. And, how that happened, how all that kind of came to fruition in um last year when 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 Kobe passed away, unfortunately. Well, my my experience with Kobe was was kind of different. Um 
you know, just being able to see him in and out in practice, I got to actually see the, that work. Because, you know, a lot of us, I wasn't a big Kobe fan. I mean, I respected his game, but I wasn't a really co- a big Kobe fan and stuff. Um, You know I mean? I'm more of a post player, so I like all the post players and stuff. So, um, but when I seen Kobe, you know, just in the grind every morning, he's in a sweat when everybody else is getting to practice and stuff. And, you know, actually, you know, seeing Ron trying to get there earlier now. Like Ron's competing with him to see who's getting there early. It seemed like Kobe had, it seemed like Kobe Bryant had like, 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 like some type of device in your house because he be knowing when you're getting there early and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So, you, like, Ron get there half an hour early, Kobe there earlier. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Kobe, I don't know, man. He must have some type of tracking device or something and people clothes or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Kobe was special, man. Like, I remember I tried out for the Lakers, the Summer League team and stuff back in 09 before Ron got there, actually, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I was trying out and, you know, just, just you know, I was playing really good. You know, just battling with Adam Morrison every day, which was really fun, and everything. Mustafa Shakur, Allen Anderson, and stuff. It was actually, it was actually pretty fun, you know. Um, so, um, you know, he seen me and like, hey, what's up, Kobe? How you doing? Because I met him the year before when Ron and Kobe was at when they was going at each other when Ron was on Houston, and um, you know, what I mean, when Ron was on Houston, they had that battle in the playoffs where they was going at each other. So I met Kobe that year before, and right. then you know, I asked Kobe like, hey man, you know, we're trying to do this triangle offense, but I'm having hard time with it, man. Can you teach me, like, you know, can you show me, like, the footwork stuff, whatever? So he pulled me to the side and, you know, me for for about half an hour and, and drilled me on the footwork, spacing, and everything like that. So I always be like, I always tell everybody, like, I'm the first, actually, member of Mamba Academy, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the first, you know what I mean, to have that. And then, you know, just having the experience, you know, going to, like, the games and bringing, you know, friends and, and fans of mine, which I actually had fans back then. That was weird. But I used to have extra Laker tickets. So people that couldn't afford to go to Laker t- games, because Laker games are mad expensive. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? if they ever went, they never got sat in a low bowl. They always sat in the nosebleeds and stuff, you know, because the nosebleed be like two, three hundred dollars. So I was able to be like, you know, I got these tickets. Let's go go to the game and stuff. And I'd be like, I give them the experience with the family pass. So I got the access everywhere and stuff. So I'm bringing them down in and everything. And they got to meet all the players and stuff. And Kobe was always dope because Kobe be like, yo, who you got with you today? Yo, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I got this birthday over there. And then look at him. He'd be like, why are you over there scared staring at me? Like, come over here. You know what I mean? And wow. so, like, come over there, take a picture, talk, ask about the family and stuff. It was just, it's just, that whole situation is unfortunate, man, that we got to talk about this man in a past tense, like was and all of that. This is weird to have this conversation about it. It's just sad. His, you know, his daughters was always nice. And, every, oh, my God, it was, it was just always nice and everything. So, like, you know. With, with, with back to Kobe though, like he was always, you know, generous with his time and stuff. And it wasn't even like, you know, basketball. We were just talking about family. He asked about my kids. I asked about his kids and stuff. And it was actually, it was actually pretty cool. It was actually really, really, really dope and stuff. And I always told Kobe too the trash talking part too. Like Kobe, you cannot guard me in the post, man. Like you're too small. Like you're too small. Like Ron can't guard me in the post. What makes you think you could guard me? We used to be like that all the time. Like yo, let's play one on one to fight. Like you never want to play, man. You always tired, man. Stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like I always wanted. I always wanted to to hoop against him to see if I could back him down. And like I was gonna really abuse him. <laughs> I show him the little game film and stuff, and he used to be like, it's like yeah, man, yeah, it's like that in that little block. You don't want no problems with me, man. You're too small. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think about this man, but uh, I mean, God, God rest his soul and his family. And I, it's, I just want to shed some light on how I, I, I know how much Ron loved Kobe, and Kobe lives through all these athletes respectfully. I just wanted to shed some light in terms of what you're able to see uh, front row. So we're gonna go into the Red Bull corner. I'm gonna let Big go. 
So basically, we're going to ask you some random questions. I need you Good to thing. answer. And uh, we'll get to know a little better. All right. So, BG, take it away. <clears throat> okay. Um. So we're going to go. What's your uh, favorite on on the court shoe and off the court shoe? Yo, my favorite on the court shoe is the um, Kobe Sixers, the Black Knights. Ooh. And my off the courts, no shoes, just the Adidas slippers, man. Slides only, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hooper, man. Slides. But if I have to step out, but if I have to step out, I got some, um, you know, some, um, some Edmonds, some 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 nice little wingtips and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I got some, okay. some Edmonds, some some Kohans and stuff like that. You, you know, go. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got the my I finally was able to get my Holy Grail, the the eleven, the Concords and stuff. So you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm, gonna you I'm gonna grab my Red Bull Mansion question. Um, favorite hit, favorite album to listen to pre-game. Hip hop and um, R. You're going to. I'm a big Styles P fan. I think um, Styles P and um, Busta Rhymes are my favorite rappers of all time. That's all I listen to. So with Busta Rhymes, my favorite song of Busta Rhymes of all time is on the Anarchy album called Show Me Show Me What You Got. And with Styles P is this other song um, on, on this album um, called The Green Ghost Project. It's a song called Born in the Streets. It's the last song on the album. Those are my favorite songs and stuff like that to listen to. So anything like, you know, Styles or Busta, shuffle it, and we in there. I be. All right, man. Let's do it. Answering too quick, so we gotta hit him. Going, he going quick. We gonna hit him quick. I get the the Mount Rushmore. Your Mount Rushmore of Queensbridge, man. It could be ballers. It could be strappers. It could be any any influences,
I remember when my parents used to act like Martin and Gina in the house, man. That's how much he rubbed off on them, yo. You know what I mean? When my dad used to be like, you know how my big my father is, right? Yeah. My dad, he do that Martin, baby. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, okay, come on, son. You're like, you're like too big for that, man. Hey, boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get one over here. Um, uh, favorite podcast to watch besides the Commission of Um, favorite podcast to watch. Um, basically, you know, everybody on Two Sixty Five Media, man. That's why. I like I that. No, no, that's a legit reason why I formed it because I listen to everybody's podcast. Let me tell you why. Because, like I said, like these big podcast networks. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. These big media people that start podcasts. They talk about the, the nonsense away from the game. Like when you see off the glass, I really would like y'all to have off the glass on your show. Zach, he really dissects the game from a different perspective. You know what I mean? I did a show, I did a two-part podcast with Andre Miller. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even drop yet. It's coming out, it's coming out soon. And like Zach just killed it because the way he asks his questions, Zach is a point guard like you, BG. So his right. question is that he he think the game like he think the game like a point guard in the podcasting world. You know what I mean? So like everybody has different dynamics. That I have on the podcast network, so that's why I say you know everybody on, on 265. But if I say outside of 265 and the commissioner's corner, because I like what y'all be doing over here, y'all have everybody on y'all show too as well. I'm just actually honored to be on here. Um, also another podcast I like to listen to is actually podcasts about podcasting. You know what I'm saying? So I listen to Bus Sprout podcast all the time because I'm trying to always get better and stuff like that too. So I try to you know keep it to the sports. You know what I mean? Keep it to the people that I know. That that podcast and also listen to podcasts that help me help me, you know, with my podcast business and my podcast, you know, career, whatever I'm trying to do with it. So I try to, you know, make sure that I'm getting information. Okay, that's amazing. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna reach right here because we're gonna go into this media kind of example, media podcast. Start bench cut, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, or Skip Bayless. <laughs> um. I'm starting Shannon. He's not that good when it comes to his basketball knowledge, so I'll start him. And I will, I will, I will bench. You know what? I'm, I'm a bench. Um, Skip Bayless. You know why? Because Skip Bayless is consistent. Even though he be against LeBron a lot, at least he's consistent. And I'm, I'm cutting Stephen A. Smith because, um, I'm cutting him because of what he said. He said something today about um Blake Griffin wanting to go back to the Clippers. He has to apologize. That yeah. was Smith's opinion. That wasn't from no. That wasn't from Steve Ballmer. That was from him. I'm like, how can somebody that a team promised they were going to retire his jersey and keep him there forever, trade him a couple of weeks later? Now you want that guy to apologize? See, Stephen A. He's with the hot take stuff like that. I'm not with that. So you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm just I'm just not I'm just not for the nonsense that he be bringing sometimes. He's a really good dude. He's a legend in the game and stuff like that. But I just I. Just, like I just I just can't get with his uh, opinion on certain things and stuff, and he's not really good with basketball opinions anyway too as well. So, all right, cool. Well, so listen, you made it out the Red Bull corner safely. You just spend time with with Joe Cruz and BG on the check in. Uh, uh, BG, I mean, it's amazing to have this, this guest on today, and so honored to have some time with you tonight, D. And I want to commend you for all the hard work you put in, all the pain you put in. Yes, sir. What you did for the culture and what your brother did, what you and your brother did for New York, uh, will never be forgotten. And I don't care where you started from, it's how you end. And I want to see you on this winning and, and, and winning together. So hopefully we can work together, we'll be connected, and uh, anything you need from us, we just won't call away and 
you know, we're just proud to call you our brother. So appreciate you tonight. Thank you, man. I need one thing from you. Yeah, I need that. I need that Red Bull sponsorship, man, for the <laughs> media, man. You know what I'm saying? I need something from Red Bull, something, you know. We're gonna talk offline. I got you. <laughs> right. Um, everybody watching, man. I hope you had a great time with Danny Artesman, one of the originators, the organic person, really down to earth. Uh, thank you, Danny, for coming on tonight, man. We wish you all the success on your podcast. Please tune into, please tune into the Daniel um, Arquez podcast show. Yes, Support them and please follow on social media 265 media. That's two, the number 260 S I X T Y, number five media on all social media platforms. Thank you, Danny, man. We appreciate you. Have a blessed night and we'll see you soon, brother. Thank you, man. Y'all be safe, man. Also, um, support your look, support your small media, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like y'all say, support small businesses, support your, your small podcast because we actually care about what we do. We actually care about the game and stuff like that. You know what I mean? We're, we're doing this for free. We're doing this for y'all. So please support us. Subscribe to the shows. You know, rate, leave a review after every podcast. All that stuff matters, man. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, hey, you got a dope show. You know, you can't say, hey, BG, yo, your show is on the commission corner is dope. Or Joe, your show is dope. You know what I'm saying? Or Dan, your show is awesome, but you're not subscribing. You're not, you're not being active. It, it actually help us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, do the part. Don't just say it and then you're not doing it because that means you're still not doing it. You know what I mean? Like, so share do it everything. Media, everything. Share it matters. Everything share everything you have now to follow you and let's get that done before we uh, Okay, well, you know, you can follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Artest Pod. The Daniel Artest Podcast is on every single podcast um, platform. You can consume your podcast content. Also, you can follow um, my own um, on um instagram and twitter as well uh 265 media that's the number two the word 60 the number five and the word media all one word and of them hey man we're just trying to um you know change the game one day at a time man thank you for having me on i appreciate everything man love is love man for real we'll stay in touch and give my love to your father and your brother and your family all right we'll do man god bless hey bg another one right another one show man is great man i have daniel you know, a New York City guy. Um, yeah. Just some great gems, some great jewels. And um, just just proud of him, what he's doing with his podcast. And, um, you know, he has our support here at the CC Show. No doubt. So before we let you everybody go, um, just want to let everybody know that we had a show last week. It was BG's birthday, so I want to salute you, Chance. Hey, birthday. We had Dorian Graham on. We had a good time in your honor. And me and I go salute you on your birthday. Missed you. But what a way to come back from your birthday and have any artists. Speak about all the gems you did today and share some time with us, man. So if you have not downloaded, listen, subscribe, comment, and reviewed on our on our podcast network, please uh head to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash cruise control podcast. Please press subscribe, um, download and review. And also follow us on all social media platforms and Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Please download the Commissioner Corner podcast and also the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I am Joe Cruz, your co-host. That's my partner, Brian Gardenhire. We are the Commissioner Corner. We'll see you next week. Next week. And stay well. Blessings, blessings. Blessings.